out there. I hope everybody's having a good Wednesday night. Uh, I'm much more sober than I was Friday. I apologize for Friday night, everybody. Uh, What can I say? The shots hit me hard. That last shot hit me hard. What can I say? That's all I can say. I apologize. It happens. Yeah, you know, it it does happen. I mean, not to me. I'm a professional. I I would never engage in sex activities on the air. No, no, no. I mean, I know you would never go on the air slurring or uh, incoherent. No, uh, at no point. I felt like I was going to start getting 
slurring and incoherent. So I'm just like, fuck, let's just wrap this up. Dude, I walked out of here Friday. I got up. I went directly into the room and just I fell right to sleep, man. Mm-hmm. I wanted to watch TV for five, ten minutes. I didn't even bother. Passed out. But uh, all good tonight. Only got a, only got a few beers. Got to be up early tomorrow. Kids start school tomorrow, man. Kids start school tomorrow. So been a rough couple days. Hmm. So starting them off. Yeah, I guess it makes sense. Starting them off towards the end of the week. Kind of get them back into the flow before they go for a full week. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure why they're doing this. A little crazy to me. Some kids started uh, Monday. Some kids started yesterday. Some kids started today. Do they? Uh, uh, it's certainly a thing around here. I don't know if it's a thing in other places, but do they have a fall break? Yeah. First time we've ever heard of it in Texas. They have a fall yeah. break this year. Yeah, it, it started becoming a thing, I think, like around here when I was in maybe middle school, hmm. middle school or high school. Or just a thing of it was like kind of their way of compensating for the fact that they were extending school year. Uh, uh, makes sense, I guess. I, I don't know. Uh, really, they've never had it before. This year they have it. Uh, so I don't know. I just got uh, two kids going to brand new schools tomorrow. Both going to be the new kid. So uh, That's always tough. New kids on the block. That's what I got. You just got to tell them to keep hanging tough. I will. I will. Oh, 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 oh. Mm-hmm. I'll tell That's him. The, listen, the right stuff. you got to have the right stuff, kid. You got to have the right stuff. That's right. I know hanging tough is. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. hanging tough. I don't ask. Anyway. Uh, I was going to say we can't do this bit for that much longer because those are the only two songs I know who have <laughs> exhausted my knowledge of their repertoire. And a slow song, and I forget the name of it, though. Mm, couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you. They did. They did. They had some ballad, of course, because, you know, you got to have them all doing the grabbing air. You know, it was that. It was those times, the air mm-hmm. grab. No one does that. Yeah, that is sort of a thing that has been lost to the sands of time. Yeah, they, they were just still doing that a little while towards the like end of like early two thousands when the whole boy band craze was going on. Yeah, man, it, uh, would make music better. I think a little more air grabbing. Mm. I don't know why. I don't know why. It just might. It just might. But uh, anyway, uh, I guess um, I guess we can go ahead and knock plugs out. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Give me one second here. I'll go ahead and get those pulled up, and we can go ahead, and I will get this. Uh, it's the same song from Friday, but I don't even remember what I played Friday night. I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we shouldn't have done four shots before I had dinner. <laughs> you know, that's that's what happens. You know, you do one, suddenly my shoulder feels better. I do two, suddenly my shoulder and my neck feel better. Next thing you know, I'm like, I need to eat. And we're four shots in, and then four shots after I ate, which I didn't eat that much. Oh, yeah, I get it. Fucking, I don't eat a lot when I drink either. I had a fucking can of spaghetti. So, mm. yeah, that's what I ate for dinner. One of the cans of spaghetti. So, I don't know. It was, uh, like I said, it happens. But uh won't happen again. Or, I, well, 
I'll try to space them out really, really far apart. If it <laughs> there you go. There, there's a promise that, that's more realistic to keep. I'll try to space it out nice, nice and far apart. So uh, it's not like one week after another. But my fucking shoulders have been hurting so bad that uh, drinking just makes it go away. Mm-hmm. You know, it loosens it up. And next thing you know, I'm like, holy hell, it's been all day. I've been up since 530 in the morning usually. And once the pain goes away, man, it's like, whew, thank God, let's keep doing this. Right. Which I know that. Sounds like an addict, doesn't it? Anyway, uh, anyway, let's go ahead and hit this music, get these plugs knocked out, which means I want to let you all know about the High Marks. That's right, definitely. You guys want to be listening to the High Marks. They are right here on Mixler. Mixler.com slash Metal Mitt Network. That's right, there's two T's in Mitt. Do not forget to check them out. Sundays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Once again, Mixler.com slash Metal Mitt network and i believe you can you can also find them on youtube also so check them out there too and of course you got bobby anthem and bobby blades they are the inhumans they are on the inhuman experience and i want you to subscribe because when they come back they're going to come back with a goddamn vengeance you want to be there for it so be ready and subscribe to the inhuman experience over there and of course you got everything unscripted wrestling podcast that is eric and doug and daniel and they are great guys always over there having a good time check them out on all the usual podcast platforms and Blog Talk Radio. You can check them out live there Friday nights. And of course, Steve Milan's always sharing the show. And we always appreciate it. And uh, you can catch him reviewing movies. Letterboxd, boxd.com slash Stephen Milan, two L's in Milan. And you guys know where to find us. You can get us on Spreaker. You can get us on Anchor. YouTube, once again, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be doing a little more on there too. Uh, Stitcher, iHeart, Spotify, Google, TuneIn, go to that's right. Mondays, 8.30 p.m. on the Metal Myth Podcast Network. Cheese on sports with the cheese man. They're on vacation this week, but now they are coming back. So they will be better than ever. We've got preseason football to talk about. There's always shit going on in UFC. All kinds of stuff you want to check them out. Also, if you want to check out Sundays, 10.30 a.m. on the Metal Myth Podcast Network on the Mixler Machine, the Modirk, sitting machine guns with Mojo and with Dirk, of course. And last but never least be sure to check out our friends at planet it's the planet rag on tour podcast with bobby anthem papa dave sincere and yuck nasty season one complete all episodes available for you season two rolling out as we speak so be sure to subscribe so you can catch all that goodness there you go all the yummy deliciousness of the ears catch it all most definitely everybody all right Knock these plugs out. That was a good thing. Good thing right there. And uh, I guess from here, I'm trying to think of what we should start with, Smart. Um, let's see. What should we start with? We got something small to get into, something just lighthearted. Um, not really. We really don't. You know what? Let's start off. Last Wednesday, we started off with a pretty, uh, pretty bad bad story um obviously an awful story it was about bobby eaton passing away we started with that what shocked me is uh jim Cornette actually gave praise to tony khan for i don't not 100 sure what he said but uh Cornette said on his podcast he said i want to say this also 
A lot of people tweeted, including the folks at AEW, tweeted uh, a nice graphic and a respectful message about Bobby. I know that some of the AEW personnel at various positions listen to the show. That's not a side comment either. If anybody with access to Tony Khan can get to him, tell them I heard I, that I heard everything that he said about Bobby and how respectful it was and how nice it was. And I thank you, Tony. Tony Khan is not, not a horrible human being. We may see way far apart on wrestling in a variety of issues, but that was a cool thing to do, Tony. I hope somebody will deliver that message to him. Has hell froze over? Mm, looks like it. I mean, is, is it going to be cold tomorrow? And I, I mean, you know, I, wow. I'm... I'm I'm not sure if it's the praise or if Jim Cornette decided to slip out of his prick suit for a while or if this is the real Jim Cornette that we just heard here. I don't know. I'm really, I'm a little baffled, Smart. I mean, there is a little bit of a kind of a, like asshole connotation to it in the sense that it's like somebody needs to tell him what I said. My opinion, my views are that important that he must know that I have said something and it is positive this time. But yeah, I think more than anything, you kind of hit it on it that it was uh, him being him, him actually being the genuine person and not the, you know, stick or the gimmick or however you want to look at it. Him being on, you know, for I guess was the best way to put it, you know, the persona that he does on his podcast or what have you on Twitter, social media, that kind of thing. It's actually him just being a genuine person in kind of a moment of vulnerability, I guess. Yeah, possibly. I mean, I mean, eventually it's got to come out. You're, you know, he's kind of on 24-7 Jim Cornette. We pretty much always see the same Jim Cornette. Um, but uh, either way, you know, whatever this was, if this was the real real Cornette coming out, that that's great. Uh, that's pretty cool of him to do. I think, I, you know, I know he said it was a cool thing of Tony to do. I think this was a cool thing of, of uh, Cornette to do. And, you know, let's face it. The guy was dealing with something when he said this, you know. The guy worked with Bobby Eaton for a good chunk of his career. You know, side by side. So, uh, you know, again, sometimes you got to slip out of that prick suit. Right. So, I again, I... Just didn't want to get too deep on that, but I thought we would, eh, since we started off last week with this, might as well start off with a little uh, little good news this week, and uh, thought that tied right into last week. So uh, there's that right there. But, um, yeah, man, that's, uh, again, just, you know, it's funny. We not only are wrestlers, you know, passing really at a quick rate at this point. Um, I've talked before about my, well, you know, me and you, Smart, have talked about Night Court a ton of times. Mm-hmm. Much I love that fucking show. Charles Robinson, who played Mac on that show, passed away last month. Marky Post lost her battle with cancer, passed away at 70 years old. Uh, Monday? Monday, mm-hmm. I believe. So, just like, you know, you just see all these people you grew up with, and you remember these TV shows, the nostalgia, and they're all just slipping away from you, man. Yeah, kind of, I guess, since we're already going down that path, I I have a similar kind of moment for me. A uh, comedian that I grew up watching when I was like a teenager, 16, 17, a guy by the name of Trevor Moore passed away on uh, Saturday, Saturday morning, Mm. Friday night into Saturday morning at 41, Mm. which is really young. But like, 
I'm, I just kind of bring it out there to say that if you haven't heard of him, do yourself a favor, go on the YouTube, go ahead and check him out. Trevor Moore, whitest kids you know, was the uh, comedy sketch troupe that he was the leader of. And I just remember, like, I didn't discover Mitch Hedberg until he passed away. And I discovered him because I kept seeing all these people saying these, like, tremendous things about how funny he was and just you know, his ability, his talent, and it made me want to check him out. So I feel like, you know, it's kind of my way of being able to pass that on to people if you haven't, you know, this is sometimes, unfortunately, you don't get to discover people until they're already gone. But, you know, like, do yourself a favor and check him out. He's, he's a really funny dude. Yeah, luckily I was a fan of Hedberg. Got to see him once. Got to see him down in Miami. Yeah, you had mentioned that before. Well, he couldn't remember his set. He was so drunk. We went to the 11 o'clock Oh, yeah, show. well. Yeah, we went to the eleven. Well, he might not have been. He might have been more than drunk. We went to the eleven o'clock show. Me and my uh, ex girlfriend, obviously. Um, but uh, went to the show in Miami, and he was so hammered, so fucking hammered. Literally, would just stop in the middle of a set of of his set, and be like, "Anybody know my act?" <laughs> and a lot of fucking people did know his act too. So. Oh yeah. Crowd just started letting it go, letting it fly. And I'll tell you, as soon as he heard one piece of it, he knew what to say. But he just couldn't remember, like, where to go with any of it. So, good shit, though. You know, it, it was really funny. Well, I'm glad I got to see him. There was a little bit of that kind of, uh, like, the la- there was an album that was put out, you know, post- Post his passing, my my dog was distracting me there. Sorry about that. After he had passed, the uh, it was an album called "Do You Believe in Gosh" that got put out. And the, the, at one point during his set, he just goes, he's like, "Look at you can you can't see it because it's audio, of course." But he just he's like looking at his notes. And he just wrote, he just says, "I wrote down T ski. I don't know what the fuck T ski is." <laughs> and then he's like, "Oh hey, hold on a minute." And then he launches into this act. And it's just <laughs> like that's just kind of who he was. He's a funny ass dude, but you know, he's just very loose. Wow. Yeah, I just looked up a picture of him. I've seen him somewhere do something. I think he was recently on the news or a few a couple of uh maybe a year ago or something. Uh done any number of things. Done a couple of movies. Um, they had a TV show. Wait, did he recently was he a voice in a movie recently? Could have been. I th- not entirely sure. I think that's where I saw him in an interview. And he was he did a, a sketch online too. It was like on a YouTube thing. I think it was maybe Funny or Die, where he uh, played John Cena's hands. He was like a hand double for John Cena. It, it, it makes sense when you see it, but it was really funny. It, hmm. That might have been a thing too. And of course, to kind of just put it out there, he obviously looks vaguely like Edge. So that kind of helps things. <laughs> it's the eyes. Yeah, it is. It's the eyes. But uh, let's kind of just completely 180 here and go to like some really good news, heartfelt, uplifting news. Um, Titus O'Neil, and uh, for this article, I will respect the name. I will call him Flo Rida for this article. Um, I'm sure he appreciates that. Titus Titus O'Neil and Flo Rida hosted a back-to-school bash. Uh, This is the fourth year he's got to do this. With both these guys, uh, both these guys, um, it is under the uh, Bullard Family Foundation, which uh, Titus O'Neil's real name, I believe, is Michael something Bullard. So his foundation that he's founded on this day, students that were going to the school could get free haircuts, dental exams, eye exams, physicals, food, and school supplies to start out the new year. So 
really cool of him. Uh, he was doing an interview, and he said, I was one of these kids that needed these types of services, Titus said in an interview. Real name? Oh, here it is. Thaddeus Bullard. I think it's Michael Thaddeus Bullard. Anyway, I came from a single-parent home, mother of four. Wow, didn't know that. We have a chance to really show some gratitude, show some dignity to these families that sometimes aren't shown that. So pretty goddamn cool of him, man. You know, I've always said how uh, we have always said how the guy's such a great ambassador for the company. This is why little things like this. And, and you know what? This isn't even a dirt sheet. I'm actually looking at Spectrum News in uh, from L.A., Bay News 9. Hmm. That's what I'm looking at here. I'm sorry, out of Tampa. Excuse me. I haven't seen this in one dirt rag. Uh, can we not put out great shit people do like this? This was fucking awesome. Uh, this article is from, you know, a few days ago. It was from August 7th. It had just happened the day before. But I just didn't catch the article. And I caught it because I subscribed to Google Alerts and an alert for WWE came up and this article did. Just don't understand why we're not seeing this article more. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting. I mean, it's very nice of him to do. I've also seen uh, Natalia was posting on her social media that he had come to visit her and check on her because she has, you know, a ankle injury that she's going through at the moment. Mm-hmm. And it's like he obviously didn't have to do that. So it's just cool that he just, you know, takes time out of his schedule to like, actually check up on people and do nice things for people, even that, you know, whether he knows them or not. Just, he's a good guy. Yeah, and they had, you know, backpacks for the kids and T-shirts. I mean, and, and not just, like, shitty little backpacks. They had good. Because there's actually a picture on the Wrestling Inc. article. Uh, you can get down to Twitter there. And um, I'm sorry, the uh, not Wrestling Inc. article. The uh, Bay 9 article. Bay News 9 article on this. And, you know, the good. Good backpacks. So pretty fucking awesome, man. 30,000 backpacks with they just packed all the backpacks with school supplies and just gave them to kids as they were as they needed them. Nice. Good shit, man. Like I said, this guy is such a good ambassador for this company. I don't you know what? He's out there. I don't I don't know if he's hurt. If he's hurt, fine. He's still out there doing his job, probably more than most. He's not sitting and catering every goddamn week, just waiting for something to happen. He's out there getting shit done. He's representing the company. And like I said, man, what you can't find a better ambassador, especially someone who has his own charity and does stuff like this with it. Right. So, you know, and he, you know, he gets flow right out there with him, too. Obviously, that's got the WWE tie in a little bit there with it. But really, really, really cool what uh, what what uh, what those two did for for some students. I mean. A lot of parents right now, we know, have been locked down for a long time, some states, and just been out of work. Times are tough, man, for everybody. For sure. So pretty cool when uh, when you can use your, I don't know, your name to go out there and do good. So yeah. Platform. Platform. There you go. Platform. Well, speaking of platforms, Mark. Yeah. Max Caster was given the platform last week. Oh, boy. Here we go. And we talked about this on Wednesday. We played it. Didn't look like anything was going to happen after his uh, little remark about Duke Lacrosse, which, again, I think was the only thing that got him in trouble. 
I mean, I, I said this last week, and I kind of stand firm in this. Really depends on who you are and who mm. you ask. Because mm-hmm. it seemed like everyone took umbrage with something different. If it was the line about you know people, I saw people taking umbrage with the line about Julia Hart, about the Simone Biles, and poking fun at mental health. And the Duke lacrosse thing was obviously a, you know an issue as well. It was kind of <laughs> it was kind of a choose your own adventure on what you decide that you want to be angry about from this television show, this YouTube show. Yeah, I mean it was obviously a classless promo. It really was. It was it was tasteless, classless, but. I think the main thing that got him was the Duke lacrosse thing, which even, I mean, he made a joke about, but those, again, those guys were found innocent, not only found innocent, they found that it was pretty much all just made up. Um, But it it didn't look like they were going to do anything. Tony Khan didn't say he was going to do anything, but it does look like he's been suspended from the company for, it looks, I think they said, what, two, two weeks See, and that, that again, um, I'm going to take a look here for it. But I've also heard people argue that point, too. I've also seen things that say that that is not true. What has kind of come out, though, is that apparently the claimed were edited out of the most recent edition of, I believe it was Dark or Dark Elevation, one mm-hmm, of those. Mm-hmm. Um, Max Caster's partner was given a new theme song. That's like unrelated to that. So it seems like they are at the very least putting him on the back burner, so to speak, for a little while. Putting him on ice. Mm-hmm. Well, they've got to do something. I mean, let's face it. Sammy Guevara basically did the exact same thing and was gone for 30 days. And had a, and had to attend classes. Remember, remember we talked about those? Mm-hmm. He had to attend, oh, what was it, sensitivity training or something like that? Sensitivity class? Well, I guess we'll find out, but that's probably the same thing they should do with him. I mean, it's, there's really no, I, I mean, well, there is a difference. There is one difference. Sammy said it years ago. This guy said it a few days ago. When we all know what the climate today is like. Right. So, I guess there's a, if you want to nitpick differences, there it is. But they've got to do something with the guy. And it didn't seem like they were going to. But uh, I don't know. And yeah, it's just very strange how this all came to light. And next thing you know, I mean, the promo was done way before. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess you do have to do something. But I feel like maybe an apology would have sufficed. Have him issue an apology or, you know, put up like on the next episode of Dark, put up an apology, you know, have Tony Khan apologize for what happened or whatever. I don't necessarily know if shelving the guy was really the right way to go. Mm-hmm. I, we don't know how long this is going to be. This might be a week or two, you know, that he might still end up getting used. There's been no reports about him potentially being fired, you know, so and then we ended up seeing with Sammy Guevara that, you know, after he went through what he went through, he's back and he's still being treated as well as he had been being treated, you know, as well as he was treated before this. So Mm -hmm. he can definitely bounce back from this. I I just I, you know, I said it last week and I kind of just stand firm like. He, you can't you can't be out there making rape jokes like okay I, I get that much of it but like everything else 
he's a heel. He's saying heel things, doing heel things. It's a character. He's not actually out here, like in the locker room, saying that people's pussies stink. You know what I mean? He would be fired if he was. Right. So it's just like it, it's it's a work of fiction. It's work of art. It's a it's a performance. I just I, I feel like it's a little bit. People just kind of overreacted a little bit. I mean. Obviously, certain people, you know, any any times stuff like rape or whatever is joked about, you know, certain people have their own sort of unfortunate experiences with things like that. So I can understand how that can be uncomfortable for. But outside of that, like, do you really need to be thrown a temper tantrum because somebody made fun of Simone Biles or because somebody made fun of Julia Hart or whatever? Like, just that kind of stuff. Just like just kind of calm down a little bit on this. Like. We're getting to the point now where we can't have anything that is even potentially controversial or edgy or risque. It's just, uh, it's just not good. Well, it's not good for art. No, I mean you're going to offend somebody no matter what you do. Again, it was classless and tasteless, but you're going to offend anybody no matter what you do. I'm not saying go out and do it just because you know. Well, I'm going to offend somebody. Might as well. I'm sure someone laughed at that joke. I'm sure a bunch of people laughed at that joke that line i'm sure that it did but now we got the old social media everybody can jump on there and give their feelings and let's face it tony khan and AEW really look for look what's going on on social media and they react to it a lot of times unlike wwe so go ahead what no no i mean oh. that's exactly it is it that, that they're more attuned with what's going on with like the feedback on social media and Reddit and things like that. So mm -hmm. I kind of understand that they, they're a little bit more reactionary when things like this go down than WWE might be. Cause you know, obviously for a while there, they were still using Velveteen dream for quite a bit. You know, they didn't really, <laughs> they kind of paid no, never mind to what people were saying about, you know, and, and that was another situation where no actual like formal charges ended up happening, but mm -hmm. it was still a hot button issue for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, people are, I mean, even just accusations are getting people thrown off. I mean, Velveteen dream was on a show. The guy caved in and let him, you know, canceled the, the the match with him on it cancel culture man mm -hmm. it's not a myth it is real yeah i just I, I don't i don't understand what makes certain people feel like they're qualified to be the judges of morality and what is suitable in terms of content and media for other people to consume like that's a kind of sort of narcissism that is just absolutely i just it's not relatable to me mm-hmm no, no, I, I don't really get it. I mean, I'm, it, I'm not, a, you know, I'm not offended by a lot either. So I guess that makes up for some of it. I'm just, it, people say stupid shit. And unfortunately, people have the right to say really dumb stuff and be assholes. Not illegal to be an asshole. Yet. Uh, yeah, as evidenced by the fact that I am currently here and not in the state penitentiary. <laughs> I'd say like a lot of us would be there. Um, a lot of us. So I don't know. But uh, again, you're right. We don't like you said before, though, we don't know how long this little Max Caster thing is going to go on for. I don't know. Um. But like I said, they had to do 
something with all the backlash they were getting. Something had to be done. They had to do something. Again, maybe they're just letting them take a rest until the the shit cools off, and then they'll let them come back on. Who knows? Hopefully, because I mean, he's definitely talented. Mm-hmm. Like you know, he's in. Uh, apparently, he's not quite the young buck, pun intended, that I thought he was. And being thirty two, but it's it's wrestling. So, being thirty two in wrestling, you still have presumably. 15 20 years of your career left if you don't get seriously injured you know they there's a lot of time and energy you know, potential for him and for that tag team in general and right i just hope that they stick with him and they don't you know fire him because of this yeah i i hope so too and you know it's funny you know T- tony khan's like you know oh, we're gonna prevent this with me editing the show well i i i think he's gonna learn from this moment and you're not gonna I wouldn't doubt if the rapping stopped completely. Well, yeah, that's the thing is like you can't I don't like you're going to almost have to have him come up with another gimmick because you you, you can't you can have him like come out here and like be doing Sugar Hill Gang style shit. <laughs> like, you know, I'm Max Caster and I'm here to say it's fun to respect your opponents in every which way. <laughs> like, you're not going to have him do that shit. Like you can't have him out here just like doing like corny Will Smith or like we just uh, talked about lowrider type. I, shit. I was about to say that's happy rap like Will Smith. You should I like that one, Smart. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I, you I, I no, care you know. not to. Yes, you don't have to. I'm joking. I'm joking. It was very good though. I like that. It was nice. That was good. But yeah, I could. Uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, either. You're right. It's either going to be completely kitty bullshit or just stop doing it. Just stop. It it really. It's not like they're so ingrained. Oh my god, we've known him for so long for doing these raps. Now we gotta. Now he's just gonna stop out of nowhere. No, we uh, it hasn't been that long. I think we'll be. I think we'll be all right without him. Right. I'd live. I'd live. Yeah, and I think you can get over without it. Like I said, he's a talented dude, so it shouldn't be that hard to come up with something else. And plus, I mean, if I was him, I don't. I think I would want to come up with something else because I, from now on, like even the slightest little like potentially off-color line is going to be met with just the fucking ire of just the the fury of a million suns from certain people. And it's like it's, after a point, it's kind of just not even worth it. Yeah. I get, yeah, you're right. I mean, now you're like, all right, well, what can I say that won't offend someone? Uh, well, nothing. Oh, okay, so why don't we just stop this shit then? <laughs> right. Let's just give up on this whole thing here. I was worried was going to happen last week, and unfortunately it seems like that's going to be what happens. So that sucks, but hey, I mean, I understand. You got to do what you got to do. You want to keep your career going. Yeah, yeah, I guess you, <laughs> if you want to eat, you do. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it goes. Um, Let's see here. Oh, that's a, that's a tab that does not need to be up there anymore. Let's, uh, Smart, you, you, you got a few over here. Go ahead and check those out as I'm looking through some stuff here. Yeah, I do. I got a couple of things here. I'm going to go ahead and bring some of those up here, but... There is a lot of stuff going on. Um, 
I guess we'll get this one out of the way as I fucking messenger decides not to cooperate with me. But we talked a little bit about Tyler Breeze last week. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go ahead and double down on that because this is there's more from Tyler Breeze. This is uh, from WrestlingNews.co. Mm-hmm. This is Tyler Breeze on his release. <clears throat> Going to AEW, how Landstorm taught him to be smart with his money and more. So, anyways, this is basically I'm trying to find the fucking the quote here. It was this is interesting. He said, "I was preparing to get fired the day I got hired. There is a lot of life to live after wrestling. I immediately started to make a plan, got ready. I remember looking at contracts when I first got my contract. You had a three or five year developmental contract, but then I signed my main roster contract. I went, okay, I've got three years realistically. In a perfect world, I will last three years. I don't want to have to sign it. I would like to, but if I don't want to, I won't. I want the freedom to say no." By the time three years came up, I went, I don't have to, but it's good. Things are going okay. So I just signed it and went, okay, cool. By the time the next one came around, it was a very different scenario. It was, you don't need me, I'm going to leave kind of thing. At that moment in time, I was not happy. All they said was, I'm sorry, we can give you more I'm sorry, we can give you more money. I said, I've been really smart with my money. I don't need more money. I go to the airport and turn around because I'm not happy at work. That was when I had the conversation to go back to NXT, but I was ready to leave right then. I had accomplished everything I had wanted to achieve by having that goal of the freedom to not sign the contract. When you sign that contract, you know what you sign up for. If you're not happy, then please don't sign. Breeze was asked, and this is, well, actually, yeah, we'll go ahead and go back to this, but that was kind of interesting, just, mm-hmm. <laughs> they know, it, it always makes me wonder when people re-sign what it is that they're re-signing for, like, what the reason is, and, you know, it obviously varies per person, but I do kind of appreciate to some extent that people just know that it's just like, well, I fucking need the money. It is what it is. I know this isn't going, things aren't going to be different, but I also, like, we just got done saying, you need to eat. Most definitely, uh, but you know, there's a few things in here that he says, you know, when you sign, you know what you're in for. If you're not happy, then leave. I mean, at one point he says right here, well, I go to the airport and turn around because I'm not happy at work. You didn't ask for your release, dude. You waited for them to get rid of you. You kind of just contradict your statement a little bit there. Um, yeah. Your little, you know, you, you, you threw out the virtue signal and then you canceled it out right after it. If you're not happy, then leave. Well, why didn't you leave when you were turning around to airports? Just to quick throw that out there. Now, the only the, the other sad statement was the first little sentence in this. Mm-hmm. I was preparing to get fired the day I got hired. That's pretty telling right there. But believe it or not, I've actually heard other people, people outside of him saying that. Because it's just like it's kind of the thing, is you, especially with them, you just never know. Well, no, you're right, you don't. But when you've already got the mindset that I could go, today could be the day, every day you go into work, you're not really going to give it your all. Right. You're just not may think you are you may be trying to but doesn't seem like that's where his head was at i mean like i said i'm I'm really glad he was smart with his money do want to throw that one out there you know the fact that he's not the fact that if they did fire him he's not going to be you know destitute on the street or anything 
that's great, but that's just a scary thing to to be a, a thought in the back of your head. Like I said, every day you, you go to work could today could could be today, could be today. For and like yeah. I I feel like that's definitely reflective, especially in NXT, but perhaps soon we're on SmackDown too, of what the mind state has to be, especially right now, in lieu of everything that happened Friday, in lieu of the firings that happened, you know, even like a month or two prior to that, all of the mass firing sprees that they have been going on the last couple of months, where it's just like you don't know. You don't know at all. And it, like you said, that does have to affect you. That has to affect you mentally, that has to affect your performance, like I wouldn't be surprised if there's motherfuckers losing sleep over this. You know what I mean? Because, like, you don't know. <laughs> You're living. Your livelihood could be snatched away from you in, in the span of a couple of seconds, in the span of, you know, just a phone call. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I know some of you are probably yelling right now. Every job, you can be fired any day. You're right. You can. Absolutely. But your dream job, your right. dream job is a little different. I mean, you know, you're working pretty much anywhere and you know it any day. I mean, the company could get sold one day. People don't usually talk about that until it's a done deal. And the next thing you know, they're restructuring. Anything can happen. Absolutely. Right. But just going with that mindset every day would eventually really eat away at someone. And, and then, he, I mean... Maybe that's why he got, maybe he just didn't have a good morale backstage. Of course, like we've said before, WWE is, you know, the beatings will continue until the morale improves. I can't blame him. Right. But, so, you know. oh, I'm sorry. The statement that I was kind of looking for here, I wanted to get your thoughts on this because it kind of, it's in tune with this, the statement of the other week of just being like, you know, you signed up for, you know what you signed up for. If you don't get used, you can't bitch about it. But I, I wanted to see what you thought about this. So this was what I was looking for. It says, uh, this is kind of on the prospect of signing with AEW. It says, right now is a good time in wrestling. But right now, let's say on AEW, there's a lot of people debuting and there are a lot of people moving around all over the place. If I go there, I don't know if it would make a massive impact. Now it's kind of the norm. People are going over there, and there might be some big names going over there. Nobody knows what's happening, but I don't think now is the right time for me to go there. At the same time, I have wrestled for 14 years straight. I'm okay taking a little bit of a break. Hmm. All right. Uh, yeah, he's got a few good points. Yeah, people are going over there. There might be some big names going there. Two points that are correct. Nobody knows what is happening. I guess that's right, too. Um, why wouldn't he want to go? I mean, Jesus Christ, Christian went there. You'd, he'd probably make just as much of an Im of a impact as Christian did, which isn't great, I know, but I don't know. I, I, I do agree with him, though. They don't need another, you know, just, you know, thin, good-looking guy on their roster. Right. Well, and I mean, that's kind of the thing is like, it, it kind of seems like it'd be right up his alley, though, and right up their alley. It seems like they would have a very, you know, a very appropriate relationship because AEW loves out people that just dress funny. That's how all their heels do. They just have them out there in these weird, like outlandish outfits. Uh -huh. So that seems like that would be right up his alley. And like pretty much everybody on the roster has a YouTube show. 
so they love their sketch comedy and it seems like he would also be perfect for that I, I guess basically, like, I kind of a part of me applauds this him just being honest enough to be like, you know, it really wouldn't matter anyway. And I've been doing this for fucking 14 years straight nonstop, so I'm just going to take a little bit of a break. But at the same time, like, I it just that doesn't I, I don't understand why somebody would necessarily like voluntarily downplay their significance. Because now if he does end up signing with somebody, like you kind of have this on the record here just kind of being like, ah, you know, me being here doesn't really make a difference. So it's like, I, I understand him not wanting to be lost in the shuffle, but would you rather be with a company where there's a lot of stuff going on or would you rather be in a company, you know, kind of like an impact where it's like, okay, you being here is a bit bigger of a deal, but you're ultimately just kind of walking against a tree. You're not really going anywhere or doing anything. It's kind of like he just did to himself exactly what they did with, once again, Christian is, you know, he, he overplayed their card. You're right, though. He's not overplaying his card. He's actually underplaying it, which isn't a very good thing. Right. Not very, not very becoming, not, not very confident, which people do sort of look for in the wrestling business. Well, yeah, because, I mean, he's basically gone on record, like, sort of back to back of saying... I'm okay with just sitting in catering and my signing isn't going to be a huge deal. <laughs> it's like, yeah. okay, like, dude, are you talk? Are you like voluntarily talking yourself out of money? I understand if <laughs> you just want to take a break. Like if you would have just said, Hey, want to take a break for a little while, think about what my next move is going to be. That's fair enough. But you, you're just going out there and just be like, I, I don't really care. Like, all right, cool. Like what's that going to do for you? Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't just want to hang out and, catering every night and you know sit there and get paid for it everybody would but i mean he, he you know it's not like they didn't use him at all he was being used every now and then but not much even for a show like nxt they weren't using him very you know too much so i don't know man it's just kind of rough what this guy is doing to himself and you're right now if he goes there it's just going to be a fucking wet fart as soon as he walks in the fucking you know as soon as whatever music they would use for him hits. Mm-hmm. And like I said, he already kind of sort of downplayed his importance. So if he does go somewhere like an impact or a ring of honor or whatever, you know, like people are going to look back at this. Yeah. Just hear JR. My God, it's brother tease. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's from that other company. <laughs> Good. What's Taylor Gust doing in the impact zone? <laughs> Is that a any relation to Tyler Rust by any chance? Ooh, let's see. Now you've created a tag team. Oh, there you go. Rust and Gust. Mm-hmm. That makes absolutely zero sense. But anyway, it could be fun. Um, I mean, Actually, you know, before he got signed, he was competing as Rust Tyler. So, like, now I guess now that he got fired, like, that's just an easy thing. You can just go right back to doing the switch. Yeah, I guess so. As long as WWE didn't fuck with it. Uh, oh, that's mm-hmm. another thing. I, I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to talk about that sometime. Uh, well, I mean, it's not a huge thing to get into. Um, we can run run with. I don't even have an article pull, pulled up, but I believe you're talking about the Chelsea Green thing. Uh huh. Yes. Yeah, she uh, was. I, I didn't realize this, but she was in a little battle with WWE over her birth name. Over yes. her fucking 
birth name. She won. They actually backed off. They right. like the WWE. Yep, WWE backed the fuck off. Yeah, she basically put out a tweet just akin to, "I never thought I would have to battle for the right to use my." birth name right this is like uh jesus like we, we talked about this before like namely with the keith lee thing is it's just like I, I understand kind of why they're doing it but like it's still just creepy like the idea that they want to own people's identities like it's almost like kind of like going there is almost like selling your soul at this point like they literally want to own you like there's just something kind of dystopian and weird and just gross about that to me i don't know well they just I mean, I see as a business what they're doing. They don't want you to be able to take that character that they put money into, they put production into, they put merchandise into. Say you get big and they do right. all that for you. And you can't just walk out the door, wait your, you know, 30 days, 90 days, whatever it may be, and walk right into a company with that name using their logos, their merchandise, their likeness. I mean, I, I, I see as a business where they're going, but when it comes to someone who's, birth name y'all really thought you were gonna win that one right yeah i mean i totally understand it in situations like and it's weird that this is the first thing that comes to my mind but like when the ultimate warrior went to wcw okay he's not or he wasn't at that point his fucking crazy ass tried to make his real name the ultimate warrior but at that time he was not the ultimate warrior he was jim Elwood. you know it's they can't they, they, I understand not wanting them to use an intellectual property, like you said, a gimmick, a name that they created, and logos and whatnot, branding that they created. I, you know, like how when Nash and Hall went to WCW, mm-hmm. they weren't Diesel and Razor Ramon, they were Nash and Hall. I, I get that. Those are characters that they portrayed. But at the same time, like like you just said, their actual name, their actual identity that they were given at birth, like wanting to control that, wanting to keep that, it's just really strange. And on top of that, like I saw her debut on Impact. She's not doing the same type of character that she's been she had been doing in WWE. Mm-hmm. She's going back to the same kind of shtick that she was doing on the independents. So it's like it's not even, you know, the similarities between her WWE run and her ind- independent run, impact run, however you want to look at it right now, they're not at all the same. Yeah, so I think she went back to the hot mess character. That is correct, yeah. Yeah, so uh, it, it it's just crazy how you're right. They just want to run everything about you, and but you can't... I don't even know if you can fight that because it's your birth name. If it's on your birth certificate, there's not a goddamn thing you can do about it, I don't think. I mean, it, it's kind of like you know selling your soul to the devil, you know? Mm-hmm. Once you sign, you're fucked, but... I don't, I just don't see how they could even own a name that, and maybe they did trademark it at one point. Maybe she allowed them to do that, but they might've also abandoned the trademark, but they backed down, which holy shit. Imagine that. <laughs> right. They were too busy firing other people <laughs> to, to, to bother wasting their time and resources with this. That, they had a lot of garbage bags that they had at FedEx. That lawyer must have gone on vacation or something because most lawyers would have been like, well, I know we can't win, but let's rack up some fucking charges for you anyway there, Mr. McMahon. Mm-hmm. You got to so, earn your pay somehow. I get it. I don't know, man. A little shocking. A little shocking. Not that lawyers are scumbags. 
<clears throat> anyway, uh, I was going to transition before we started talking about that. I was going to go from Tyler Breeze talking about AEW to someone else that's been heavily teased as going to AEW, Smart. Uh, mm. That would be our one Mr. Brooks. That's right. Old Garth himself. Uh, no. Oh, okay. No, yet he might, I, I, I don't know, he might have friends in low places. You never know. I don't know. Might have been a night he called the old man out or something like that. You probably have no idea at this point what I'm talking about because you don't like country music. I was trying to work my own in. I was thinking something about when the thunder roars. I don't know. Rodeo. I, I know the songs for the most part. I had. To, I was involuntarily subjected to them growing up. They weren't all that bad. Nah, he's got like three or four good ones I can think of, and that's about it, really. Um, So CM Punk was speaking with uh, a show called Saturday Night Main Event. Was on a little, you know, video podcast with a gentleman, and he, this guy, decided to bring up probably the the what's on everyone's mind and what everyone would want him to ask. What about you going AEW? So instead of me trying to explain it too much, it's pretty self-explanatory. I'm hitting play. Let's talk about something other than vanilla, and I'm sure you knew this was going to come up. There's been a few hints on a program called AEW Dynamite about best in the world. There was a Cookie Monster shirt that was worn by Kenny Omega a little while back. And you know, we had AEW book the United Center on August the 20th. I'm just curious if you might be visiting the United Center that night. Um, when was that? Let me look at my calendar. Mm-hmm. What did you say it was? The 20th? 20th, yeah. I think I actually might be doing a screening. Um, this isn't confirmed yet, so I don't. I, don't, I probably shouldn't blast this out everywhere, but we're talking about doing a screening of episode three of Heels at an AMC in Chicago, and that's mm. one of the dates that um, has, been, has been proposed. So uh, hope to see everybody there. Cool, yeah. Um... That's the the main chunk of what we need to play. Everything else is a little pretty much bullshit after that. But so smart. Punk's not stupid. Number one, if if AEW wants a surprise, he knows what to do. He knows how to work people. He knows how to work the business. He didn't look like he was even looking at anything really. He looked like he was looking at his hand. Might have been looking at his phone. It's possible. Definitely possible. I can't see his hand. Got the camera from basically the top of his shoulders up, and that's really all you can see. Got the you know pictures behind him and stuff. Um, is he trolling, or does he really? You think he might? I mean, he never never said what time that screening was at. It could be at fucking noon for all we know. Could be a midnight screening. Could be a midnight screening. There you go, smart. That's what I'm talking about. We don't know. He. He really didn't answer the question. Is he right. really didn't? He used he used a plug, and notice notice how he said it. We're talking about. Oh, I know I shouldn't bring this up, but we're we're talking about doing a screening. So hope to see every, every everyone there. Uh, where? What time? Where? Hope hope to see everyone where. Well, he did say an AMC. Yeah, well, at AMC, but you know, so when? 
when. Yeah, yeah, he didn't give any. It, it would be well, I guess he's because he said he couldn't confirm it yet. But right, that's two weeks away. Essentially, you know, that Friday is a, is a little bit less than two weeks. If you're promoting an event like a screening, you feel like you would get those details ironed out already. I mean, it is what it is. It's fittingly enough because it's AEW. It's sort of the Chris Jericho school of deflect and deny. Mm-hmm. The like, you know, that shit where he would always do on Twitter or whatever, where he's like. He like retweet a, a rumor that he was going to be on Raw or whatever, and he was like, "You can never trust these dirt sheets. This is a bunch of bullshit." And then like twenty minutes later, there he is on Raw. You know, that's that's what they do. They work people. It's that's what it's all about. And I, I like that idea. I like the idea that he's keeping the sort of will he or won't he suspense going because if he was just like, "Yeah, I'm going to be there," it's like, "All right, well, that kind of ruins some of the fun." Like everybody. Yeah thinks it's going to happen everybody expects it to happen but i would be lying to you if i said i wasn't like sort of intrigued by the potential of if he didn't end up going showing up what would happen be a fucking riot it's gonna fucking happen um wow i don't know i guess we'll uh i guess we're gonna see what happens very soon but punk is a master at manipulating the audience he always has been and um I think he's uh, doing the old, the old dodgeball D's, duck, dodge, dive, duck. Dodge? Dodge, dive, duck. Right, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> God damn it. Deliver. No, I can't do that. Uh, so, I don't know. Well, all we can do is find out and wait, and we'll see what happens on Rampage that night. Uh, we'll be... Uh, We'll be on, and we'll be uh, we'll, we'll we'll be watching with everybody as as uh, as we're going. So, talking news and watching the wrestling. Yep, because I I, I mean they've they've gone on Fridays before. We haven't really sort of acknowledged it just because it was those weeks that they were pushed to the side because of the playoffs and what have you. But we are, like you did mention, we are going to be watching along and talking about it as it happens. So if you want to join us, we will be here. Watching along, singing a song. That's right. Anyway, let's roll on from there. Smart gods. Um... Anyway, like I said, the only thing we can do for Punk is wait and see. Again, if he's not there, it's going to be a fucking riot. And uh, that could be cool to see, too. Definitely. It would definitely be cool to see because I won't be anywhere near there at that given moment. But, you know. I mean, you know, ratings are ratings, right? <laughs> I suppose so. Ratings are ratings. So, all right. Um... Let's see one to get into here. Smart, why don't you go ahead and hit up one of yours, my man? You've got it. So I guess we will sort of wade into some interesting water here. Uh, last week, last Wednesday, we were talking about the uh, mask mandates, potentially, you know, coming back over SummerSlam and that kind of a thing. Well, the sort of surge in COVID has been affecting other areas outside of WWE as well. Ring of Honor put out a little statement here. It says, due to recent COVID surge in Florida, due to the recent COVID surge in Florida would be more appropriate, and we need proofreaders here, guys. Ring of Honor is moving the site of the Death by Designer pay-per-view event. Details to follow safe shortly. That's what I get from making fun of other people. Your safety, health, and well-being remains our top priorities. 
thank you for your continued patronage. That was the first little thing that they put out. And then the second thing that they put out here on Twitter, this, uh, in the meantime, while that loads, the show was scheduled for September 12th. Mm -hmm. So there's still a little bit of time, but they put out a tweet that said the death before dishonor pay-per-view on Sunday, September 12th, there you go, has been moved to the 2300 arena in Philadelphia. And of course the former home to ECW. Mm -hmm. The old bingo hall. That's right. Yeah, the old bingo company. So, okay, I get what they're doing. I see. Um, there is a little spike in cases in Florida. Cases, yes. Deaths, no. Because they've done a pretty good job down there in Florida of um, vaccinating. So, cases, yeah, I believe it's... I, I believe if you were to look at cases, it would be Texas first and then Florida. But it's also two of the largest populations. And let's face it, Florida has probably the highest count of elderly of any state out there right now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and they're... Nursing homes all over South Florida, especially nursing homes all over. So that's why. But I mean, if if you were to look at deaths, Florida's like twenty five. You, Philadelphia is higher than Florida. Pennsylvania, I mean, is higher than Florida in deaths. So I mean, you got New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Mississippi, Arizona, Louisiana, Alabama, Connecticut, South. I can keep going. Florida's way down on that list. Kind of made me start thinking about the old Animaniac song that was used to uh, so kids could remember their state capitals. Oh, I didn't know there was one. No, there certainly is one. I can't sing it because I don't remember it all that well, but it literally is exactly what it sounds like. They list all the state capitals. I think maybe in alphabetical order, but not sure. Probably, probably. I've never heard it. But um, again, I, I I see what they're doing. I'm I'm going to go ahead and say it. It seems a little bit of a virtue signal to me. I mean, reactionary, maybe. I, I could understand, you know, they're a company that even though they do have sort of the St. Clair backing, they can't afford to be getting sued. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't blame them for being overly cautious. There probably is an element to of virtual sig virtue, not virtual, virtual signaling. I don't know what that is. Virtue signaling involved in it. But I think more than anything, it's just they're, they're trying to cover their own asses, and I don't necessarily blame them. Mm-hmm. I just think it was a little bit interesting, though, because we've talked about the potential of, you know, WWE going back to Thunderdome, AEW maybe having to do something. This is sort of the first instance of the sort of second wave of shifting things around because of the surge in the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And listen, I'm, I'm not denying again, if you go to and I was right about that, I actually went up, I scrolled. I scrolled down, and there's cases right below this. And, yeah, it is Texas, then Florida. So, again, the fact that they're owned by, like you said, you know, Sinclair is probably a huge factor in this. ROH might have left the show where it was, but when you are told what to do by your owners, you do what you're fucking told. <laughs> and, you know, listen, they got a whole new venue for it. They're going to go. They're still going to do the show. They're not... They're going to have to give refunds, obviously, in Florida unless someone wants to decide to just travel up to Philly for no reason. Well, that reason. 
Yeah. So, but uh, again, I see what they're doing. I'm whatever. You do what you want to do. <laughs> I'm just particularly like tickled by the idea of somebody taking an extensively long road trip just so that they can like have their God given right to chant. This is awesome. It's like people need to know what is and what isn't awesome, and it is my job. <laughs> I'll tell you what's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. I will tell you when this is indeed wrestling. Goddamn right. I think it's so sad that I, we've never heard a this isn't wrestling chant reserved for a particularly shitty segment or match. Well, if we didn't hear it in Jakarta, we're probably never going to. Suppose not. Ooh, sorry about that. Yeah, well, I- I'm used to it. <laughs> Probably. Meanwhile, you, now that you said that, you're going to get you know a Facebook message tomorrow of just Mike Quackenbush crying and apologizing to you for not properly entertaining you. I'm so sorry. I don't know. You thought this company was bullshit like that. Um, I apologize. Uh, <laughs> I had no formal involvement in Watergate, but I would like to apologize for it. Just to say it. I think the sun was out that day, and I really like to apologize for the sun being out. Uh, mm. I know it's bright for people, and. Uh, if anyone forgot their sunglasses, I, I, I like super apologize to them because, you know, bright sun. People could sneeze from that shit. And, you know, sneezing is a violent thing to do to the body. So I apologize again. Um, I feel vaguely bad for that guy because he had been out there like grinding and just fucking making his own way on the independence for like two decades. And then the last like sort of thing that anybody's ever going to remember is just a five minute video of him just like weeping <laughs> this is the sad way to go out i mean it doesn't sound that way because i'm laughing but you know <laughs> sad, sad times i guess sad times sad times mark i got you i got you <laughs> but, oh well let's just move on from that smart <laughs> holy hell all right good good fun there good fun so anyway uh, Spark, you got a, you got one right here. You can go for. Yeah, there's, there's, we got two left here, on my end. Um, I'm gonna read this one, I guess. This is sort of uh, from the Wrestling Observer. It says Dan Lambert's appearance on Wrestle uh, Wednesday's AW Dynamite has been pushed back a week, and two UFC champions will now be joining him in Houston, Texas. While on Busted Open Radio, Tony Khan said the American top team owner will not be on tonight's show in Pittsburgh. Spoiler alert, I'm I'm sorry for people who haven't seen AEW yet. So they can promote Friday's premiere of Rampage. Mm. However, he will be on next Wednesday's show in Houston with, quote, not just one UFC champion, but two great UFC champions with him, according to Khan. Lambert was on the July 7th Dynamite along with UFC star Jorge Masvidal and two-division UFC champion Amanda Nunez with him. After he cut an anti-AEW promo, let's be honest, he basically went out there and did a Jim Cornette. Lambert was interrupted by Lance Archer, who gave him the blackout. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of interesting. I thought he was... I don't I don't think we talked about this. I don't know if it was just because I wasn't here or whatever, but it was a, it was a pretty fucking good promo. Like he it just was. went out there and just full on was like, "You kids play too much. You fucking you're just doing the old school wrestling fan thing. You guys don't take anything seriously, and so on." And so he was getting good heat though. He was pretty nice. Yeah, I think this was the week I moved, or one of those weeks where we couldn't do a show, and that's when this happened. Um, but uh, if they don't bring, if 
Chael Sonnen isn't one of the guys they bring. They're insane. That guy can fucking talk. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of vague. I don't know if he means, like, former champions, current champions, just people of a of acclaim in UFC. It's going to be interesting, though. But I definitely agree with you. I'm kind of surprised that maybe it's a money thing or time mm. thing. I don't know, just whatever, that Chael Sonnen hasn't been used in wrestling in some form or fashion. No, but he can talk. I'll tell you what, if you if the two guys I would personally bring in, per, let's just... Flip it and imagine I'm booking this. I would bring in Chael Sonnen and uh, Cormier. Yeah, I he's he's kind of busy right now. I don't know. He might be he might be able to do it, but he's he's got a lot of stuff going on. But that's not mm-hmm. a bad that's not a bad pick either. I mean, those are really the only two I can think of right now. I wouldn't. I I, I would not bring in Jones. No, <laughs> he's basically the Teddy Hart of uh, MMA at this point. Doing fucking lines before he walks out there and shit. Mm-hmm. Just striking people with his car and fleeing the scene. Yeah, as any champion would. Yeah, we don't need 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 him out there. But um, I'm just not a fan of that, guys. I think he has gotten chance after chance after chance. And he keeps fucking up and fucking up and fucking up. And they keep just, oh, forget it. Oh, forget it. Why? Why? He's not worth that much money. I wouldn't think he would be. I mean, Dana got rid of a, a, a fucking Riddle, thank God, because we're getting really cool stuff with Riddle. He got rid of Riddle for smoking weed. It's hard to say if he's not. I mean, he's a draw. They don't have a lot of draws at the moment. So, I, I mean, I, I don't advocate any of the kind of shit that he's done. He's done a lot of really terrible things, but... He's definitely a very talented fighter just outside of all of that. And I wouldn't be smart. That's kind of the thing is like they have Greg Hardy on their roster. Like they, 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 they it's hard for I can't really see them being ones to take a moral high ground on things. Uh, true. But I don't know, just Jones has just been given so many fucking chances. But I, the two, again, I would bring in, though, would be Cormier. Um might be, might be able to have time to do a little performance, something like that. But Chael Sonnen would be the one to, that I would definitely get get in there. Um, so I guess we'll see. Once again, man, they got a lot of really good stuff going up for this for this Rampage debut next week. Yeah. Really. I guess it's sort of an immediate rebuttal to that. As I say that he's a draw, both G-Wiz and Dirk say, no, he's not. I will defer to G Wiz on this one because he's been following UFC for longer than I have, and that's sort of his forte. But I don't know. I mean, I feel like people still pay to see him fight. You know, I, he may not be a draw. The one thing he always does, though, is cause a buzz around his fights, mm-hmm. which I guess that would mean he's a draw uh, in a way. Might not be the listen again. You can go with what's your definition of of a, a UFC draw. May not Especially be in, right you know. now when, like, a lot of stuff that's associated with MMA, boxing, combat sports in general is just basically creating a giant spectacle. Like, all the big celebrity fights that have been going on right now, the Paul brothers and things like that, where it's just people want to see a circus at, to some degree. Certain people do. Not everyone. There's a lot of purists and actual fans of the sport mm-hmm. or sports in this case, but... People do love a good spectacle sometimes. They do. They do. So, I don't know. Like I said, next, uh, well, actually, this this Friday, right? Yeah. Next Friday. This, uh, 
Was it this Friday or next Friday? Smirk? I forgot. Well, they're saying that he's going to be on uh, the next episode of Dynamite. Dynamite, that's right, next week. Next week. So, so we'll next find, Wednesday. We'll find out next Wednesday who he's bringing with him. Um, to tie a little bit into AEW, uh, AEW, double vu, double, was that what I was going to say? To tie that's a right. little bit into AEW, old uh, Jimmy Havoc. Uh, we know he kind of had some accusations. They got rid of him. And uh picture of him going around, a little selfie he kind of posted, of him in a DPD, which is some sort of UK delivery company, and he's uh, delivering packages now for the courier service. Mm-hmm. Just holding a regular job. Um, I see a lot of people making fun of this. I see a lot of people doing it. We said earlier, guys got to eat. I respect I respect what he's doing. He didn't sit around, complain, bitch, piss, and moan. Oh, the I can't get work because of you know this or that or the pandemic or this. Well, I got a job, and went to work. And I don't I don't know if he's got a, a family or whatever, but I got to give him a little bit of respect for just going out there, getting a job, and getting it done. Right. Yeah, I mean, I get the idea of, uh, you know, not necessarily wanting to cheer for him based on some of the things that he did, but the guy did pay for what he did. You know, it doesn't it doesn't justify what he did, but he, you know, he paid, he was punished for it. And at some point, you know, he does have to get on with his life and try to move forward whatever way it is that he decides is best for him. You know, I, I get that part of it. Yeah, I mean, look, might be doing this just for now, might. Who knows? I don't know. No one knows right now, but look, he's had some shit go on. He got released from the company. One of the first people like to get re get, get released from the company. And right. they wasted very little time. Like he, it was announced that he was in rehab. And then shortly thereafter that. Yeah. There he went. Yeah, exactly. But I, mean, I, I even said, I respect the guy for doing that, going to rehab and doing this, but Listen, maybe maybe he's just taking a little break. Maybe he wants to get off his mind. But in the meantime, he's got to fucking eat. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't know if he has a family or not, but he might have a family to feed. Either way, someone's got to eat. Right. And I mean, from what I understand, the UK independent scene isn't really booming at the moment. So, you know, they, they basically... Not unlike what they did to the U.S. Indies, when you know NXT UK basically took a lot of them big talent there, so the scene isn't what it once was. Not that I knew all that much about the independent wrestling scene in England, but right, you know, that's apparently what ended up happening. So like, he's not going to get work in anywhere in the U.S. I don't think, and there's nothing going on in the U.K. right now. So got to do what you got to do. Yeah, and I'm not trying to put the guy over as this you know great human being or anything. I know. I know what he was accused of. I'm not. I'm just saying I respect what he's doing in this instance. The fact that he just went out, got a job, didn't go on social media, didn't start a GoFundMe, you know, because he was out of a job. Went out and did what he had to do. I I respect that. I don't respect the the accusations, what he was accused of, you know, just basically being a shitty person to women and being a dick. So I, I don't do not approve of that, but mm-hmm. well, you know, now he's handling packages that aren't his own. So I guess that's for the better. He's handling a different kind of package now. So mm-hmm. 
good for him. Um, I don't know. Like I say, good for him, man. Getting out there, getting work, doing what he's got to do. You know, if shit goes, you know, maybe he'll, maybe we will see him again somewhere sometime. I wasn't a big fan of the guy. No, me neither. Yep, I wasn't a big fan of the guy, but I, I, I got to give credit where it's due, and um, good for him for going out there, doing what he's doing. I, I try not to be somebody that's a stickler for like small guys where it's like, oh, I, I can't I can't buy him because he's a small guy and he's skinny and he's not a very physically imposing looking guy. Like, it's wrestling. If you're a good wrestler, you're entertaining. It's good enough for me. But at the same time, I have a hard time sort of getting into anybody when I know that, like, they got punched out by Excalibur. Like, that just, I feel like I would stand a fair, like, I don't think that would happen to me. So it's, I have a hard time, like, believing that other people could be physically viable in any sort of athletic fight competition thing like that when they're out there getting just put to sleep by fucking Excalibur of all people. Hey, guy could be your tough guy. You never know. Might have a background that you don't even know about, sir. Yeah, I mean, allegedly, you know, Joey Styles allegedly punched out JBL. So, I mean, who knows? But well, lots of stories about JBL bump being a huge bully, and I don't. And I, I see people fucking praising this guy all the time. Oh, he's so good. He does. You know what a what a guy. Look what he did for charity. Oh, yeah. Well, he's also sticking stuff up people's asses in showers. True. And, but I digress. And- promoting strange energy drinks my my personal favorite story about that was there's a shoot interview that ivory did who is sort of a staple of this program at least in the past um she was saying that he used to bully a lot of the new guys anytime there'd be a new guy he would just like bully him and fuck with them and he said and she said that that stopped and the interviewer said well what happened to make that stop and she looked at him and said they signed brock <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah it's fun be good enough to uh, make him change his tune a bit. That's definitely one right there I wouldn't fuck with. Um, so, damn. But, um, alright, so you got one left, I got one left here. Yeah, it's perfect. Because your story will tie us into a few more articles. And uh, let me go ahead and do this real quick. Right before we jumped on the show, I was scrolling through the old Facebook there, and I found an article on Brian Knobs. One of the nasty boys. We all remember the nasty boys. Well, I do from back in the day. Um, and, you know, Brian Nobbs and uh, uh, what's the other guy's name? Jerry something? Sags. Yeah, Jerry Sags. Sags. Uh, you know, very popular tag team out there. WWF, WCW, and much of other places. But... Looks like he's having some complications now. He was fine. He was actually rushed to the hospital. Um, this was just put up today, I believe. Um, not really saying a lot of what is going on, but I guess he's had some severe stomach issues. Um, his doctors are expressing a lot of concern. There is a GoFundMe that did get put up for him to get some of these medical bills paid for, obviously. Don't sit there and ask me, did you have insurance? I don't fucking know if he had insurance or not. I have no fucking clue. Looking for a $20,000 goal. And let's see, when I first turned this on, it was at sixty three twenty seven. We are now at 7427 with the top donation, $2,500. Another person, 1500 
So, you know, whatever you think about the guy, he looks like he's in awful, awful shape right now. He's uh, the picture of this. He's hooked up to a hospital bed and just, you know, got the IV in his arm. Man, I, we can't lose another one right now, dude. We need a break. We can't do it. So I'm, I'm pulling for him. I am absolutely pulling for him. So, I mean, it's gone from 53, 50 donors to 83 donors just in the time we've been talking. Uh, it just keeps going up and up. So good for him, man. And <laughs> Christopher Kane, where's Hulk Hogan at? Good question. Maybe he's uh, Ryan Barkin, who uh, donated the 2500 maybe, maybe that's Hulk Hogan in disguise. That's his non de plume, I believe is the word. I, I think he's uh, hanging up some sheets in his closet. Ah. Ooh. Yeah. Hey, he said it, not me. I'm not the one out here going on racist tirades after I busted nut. Don't blame me. You're, what, what did I do? Did I do that? What? No, no, I was talking. You said Hawk Hogan. Fucking trying to gaslight people here, you some bitch. I dare not. No, I was talking about Hawk Hogan. Oh. As far as I know, you do not have a sex tape where you gone and raise the screen. If you do, I, I wish not to see it. No, I. There may be a tape out there. I don't know if it still exists. Mm, but but there's no racist tirade on there. Like I mean, I could. I mean, no. No, not at all. There's. There's me going. Oh, that's about it. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> and that uh, reminds me of those like old school, like the late eighties, early nineties, I and mean, maybe even seventies videos, where for some reason they seemed keen to just like right before the big moment happens, do an intensely close and unnecessarily lengthy close up of the guy's face. Mm. Just for every other, you know, straight guy that's sitting there watching it. It's like if you're trying to play along at home right before the, the good moment happens, you just treat it to a nice tight close up for an unnecessarily long amount of time of some guy's typically mustachioed face. Mustachio. <laughs> mustachio. Is that like pistachio ice cream or something? Um, yeah. Hey, if it's not a word already, it is now. That's what those uh, that's what that little 10 second advance is good for. I think it is a word. I think it is a word. Okay, I'm looking it up. Yep, it's on dictionary.com. It counts. Wow. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So, anyway. <laughs> jocular, having a mustache, especially when bushy or elaborately shaped. Elaborately shaped would definitely fit in for Brian Nobbs. Mm-hmm. We've seen some pictures of parts. Anyway, I'm pulling for knobs. Like I said, man, I just feel like we can't. We can't right now. We need a. We need a, at least a couple months off. So let's hope Brian Knobs gets the help he needs. Let's hope these doctors are out there getting them and figure out what's wrong with stomach issues. It's so tough that they, you know, they basically have to go by camera. So see what happens. Hopefully, he's going to be all right. But um, you can go ahead just. Literally go to GoFundMe, and if you search Brian Knobs, we all know how to spell it, you can donate that way right there. Uh, there you go, Smark, and you go ahead and jump into this one. Now, again, man, I'm, I, I, I didn't see all of Raw, saw some of Raw, didn't see all of it, 
and I did not see NXT at all. Okay. Uh, they've had me driving again, plus we're moving again. I told you I got to work this weekend. So just been very busy lately, not getting home when I need to. But uh, you do have something here, Smart, and we'll, uh, we'll kind of roll on from right there. Sure, that's from PW Insider, the old... Um, and since since it's been mentioned in the chat room here, Mixler.com slash Dirtsheet Dudes, mm. Molly Holly has been surprisingly mentioned quite a bit tonight, so I was unaware of this, but this is a little extra bonus that's also in this article. She's apparently working on Raw as a producer. Mm. So there you go. Old Molly Holly is still out there making it happen, shaking and baking. But anyways, NXT... It was uh, announced prior to the show. Ember Moon was going to be facing old Suray, I believe is how you pronounce it. I always have a difficult time. But anyways, she was booked in that match. She put out a tweet on Tuesday, I believe it was, saying that because of injuries, she was going to have to pull out. They, It's always important to pull out. They replaced her with Dakota Kai. And um, this is from PW Insider, basically just real short and sweet. The Ember Moon issue that kept her out of the ring at last night's NXT taping was described by one source as, quote, not serious. Moon was at last night's taping. So basically it's just sort of up in the air as to whether or not her injury was actually serious or if it was just that they didn't want her in that match for whatever reason. Maybe she had the shits. I do I do kind of like the idea that somebody else that's not her decided that her injury was not serious. Like they do in her like the parent where it's like, oh, you're fucking, it doesn't hurt that much. Get up, walk it off. Mm. And I like how they, uh, I, I like how old uh, Mikey Johnson here puts, described by one source as not serious. <laughs> he was looking in the mirror as he said that. Like, I, Mike Johnson, have declared that this injury was not serious. But it, it is interesting, though, because, like, you know, they didn't bring her up when they called up her partner, Shotzi, over there to SmackDown. So it's kind of interesting. And then on top of the fact that they've just been firing people left and right at NXT, mm. even something that's sort of kind of benign as this, seemingly, it's like, you know, you just never know. It's sort of something to kind of keep an eye on at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, you know, obviously let's, uh, thankfully we've got Mike Johnson out there to talk to people and figure out that things are not serious. Mm-hmm. Yes, he had a, uh, he had a little bit of a conversation with old Andrew Zarian and they've determined. Oh no, well this was described from one source. I don't know who one source is, but man, your parents must have hated you to name you that. <laughs> that actually kind of sounds like a decent rap name. One source? Sounds like a fucking, mm-hmm. sounds like a goddamn packaging company, to be honest with you. Yeah, that too. Some sort of, like, business that might just also be a front for the mob. Well, oh, th- that too. There was a company called Unisource, which made me think of one source. Mm. I was thinking of the Source magazine when I said the rap thing, so. Oh, there you we go. All, we all have our uh, frames of reference, I suppose. I guess so. I guess so. I, I, I guess we do, but um, I guess, you know, Whatever Mike Johnson says, obviously you know he's he's a real good guy, so it's true. But um, a name you can trust, Mike Johnson. I swear to God, you just quoted this the distinguished gentleman. <laughs> the name you know, the name you trust. Vote Jeff Johnson. There you have it, which is definitely a coincidence because I do not believe I've seen that movie. Really. 
Uh, let me take a look on the old IMDb. Oh, I can tell I you. So. Oh, I can tell you the plot to that. Eddie Murphy is a con man who is named Thomason Je- Th- Thomas Jefferson Johnson after the president, um, and he uses the name Jeff Johnson to get elected to, I believe it's, yeah, I think it's the House of Representatives under that name. And he gets in under the you know name recognition alone. Just people knew his name and kept voting for him. And uh, he eventually kind of grows a heart and does some good shit. Great mm. movie. Great, great fucking movie with Eddie Murphy. I'm seeing this came out in 1992, so I don't know if this was just a uh, sign of the times or whatever, but this cast list is very underwhelming. I don't know if these people were big deals at the time, but really not seeing too much of anybody outside of Eddie Murphy that would like draw me to wanting to see this movie. Uh, the guy who played in the show Rock is in there, and I believe he was very popular at that time. Hmm. Um, why do I think his name is Charles something? Forget. I, and, but he, he was in Rock, R-O-C was the name of the show, I believe. Um, but yeah, Distinguished Gentleman is such a good Eddie Murphy. I'm an Eddie Murphy fan either way. You know, but that movie right there was a really good one. Really fucking great movie. And you're right, there's not that many big famous people in it. But there it is. Still a good movie. A damn good movie. Uh, And I guess speaking of, uh, since we've kind of also gotten to the NXT talk a little bit, Smart. A couple things things I will dive into, just kind of wanted to tie into going through here um first thing i'm gonna go ahead and do is last week i forget when this was this was the eighth when was the eighth this was sunday uh a little quote was put out not not sure exactly who put it out but uh this was actually it was Meltzer who put it out uh according to dave Meltzer, and this is on the releases that we're going to be talking about um And the fact that they're looking to completely revamp NXT. According to Meltzer, HBK and Triple H had nothing to do with the releases last week. Instead, it was all Vince McMahon, Bruce Pritchard, and John Laurinaitis. NXT is being revamped to a developmental show with younger and bigger talent. Here's the quote. No more midgets was the directive. They can't be too old or too small. Boy, I will bet Triple H is fucking... Oh, I wish I could be a fly on the wall for these company meetings right now. I'll bet he is fucking livid at this because Triple H didn't care what size you were. He cared what you could do and if you could entertain. He didn't give a shit if you were five fucking, you know, 5'10 or 5'8. This isn't the fucking police force where you need to be a certain height, a certain, you know, weight. Not the way it works. Mm-hmm. But it looks like they're they've got a little plan in their mind. If, if Meltzer is right here, and uh, I will, I will almost guarantee that a few people at Triple H are just like, "How could you get rid of him?" And I'll bet one of them is Bronson Reed. Which right after this little discussion, we'll play a little clip from Bronson Reed here. So I I don't know. Uh, I'll give you the rest of the quote from Meltzer. It's uh. 
Triple H and Shawn Michaels didn't have anything to do with the cuts. It was done by Vince McMahon, Bruce Pritchard, and John Laurinaitis. And the basic gist is that NXT is going to change in some ways. They think the, com- the competitors are too small and too old. The basic feeling is that they lost the war when it came to trying to have NXT compete with AEW and indie promotions. But I thought they didn't see AEW as competition. Mm-hmm. They and they're not anymore. But <laughs> I mean, they hadn't been for a very long time, based on these ratings numbers that we had been reading off. Yeah, and Meltzer finished off by the way by saying, "No more midgets. No one starting in their thirties. They want people who can be box office office attractions and main characters." I would say, look for more underwear models who are horribly <laughs> trained to come in, or not even trained. Right. Yeah. There's uh, actually something that I'm gonna I'm gonna save for Friday, but I, I've already kind of seen what one of their potential next targets is, and I, we're gonna be talking about him on Friday. So it's a little bit of a teaser, mm. but um, it's kind of interesting though, because for the longest time, and I'm not saying that this was necessarily his decision; it might have just been the way that things were booked. But it's kind of interesting how the shoe is on the other foot. In the sense that for the longest time, Triple H was the one who would beat these guys, these independent wrestlers, the smaller guys, the guys who don't have the body. And he was kind of one of the people that they used as a benchmark of like, this is what we want our guys to look like. If you don't look like him, then you're not going to make it here. You're not going to get signed here. So it's interesting that he's sort of taken up this role now of like defending the same people that you know, he had maybe stood in the way of in the past. So that's sort of interesting in that regard. But yeah, it's just with the hell NXT thing, like, and the WWE in general, it's like they, they're reverting back to what they know. Mm-hmm. For the longest time, the 90s, early 90s, 90s, even into the early 2000s, even up until, you know, like the 2010s even, they were the land of the giants. And it was just, that's what it was. That's who they signed. That's who was a priority to them with these big, tall rips, like steroid guys for the most part. And if you didn't fit that bill, you weren't signed. And, you know, it seems like that's sort of the direction that they're going into now. And we've heard, we've read multiple quotes of them saying that they don't think that there's competition between NXT and AEW. They don't think that AEW is a competitor to them at all. But at the same time, you're suddenly changing things up. You're suddenly reverting back to an old familiar formula. Why are you making these tweaks if nothing's going wrong? Because these goddamn rookies couldn't even beat a startup company. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. But, I mean, that sort of situation, that whole kind of mind state is just, like, if you ever want them to get any better, like, that's sort of a damning statement because it's like, this is what you're going to get. Like, (laughs) this is what things are and this is what things are going to be like now for at least a couple years or until, you know, Vince, unless Vince changes his mind tomorrow, which Mm. has a tendency of happening, but... The, the the one thing also that I want to kind of to that statement talk about is just the idea of they want these young people, but then they keep these young people like they keep them at the performance center for a little while and then they bring them on NXT and they're in NXT for a couple of years. And by the time they actually decide that they want to do anything with them, they're too old to use. So it's right. like, what the fuck are you, you know, in their eyes? So it's like, what is it that you're doing? Like, there just seems like a lack of overall just thought and logic behind a lot of the stuff that they're doing these days. Yeah, I mean, and really, they, it's like they're making a, like, like they're a cookie factory 
and they've never changed the the cookie stamp. Mm-hmm. It's the same the the cookie cutter. Sorry, just the same people coming out every fucking time. No real charisma, not many characters. I don't know what they're looking for at this point. I don't really think they know what they're looking for. But you're not going to get a lot of guys that are younger than 30 who are going to be breakout stars. Let's face it. Look at who you're breaking. And you know what? This is bullshit when you look at this, and they're sitting there bringing back Goldberg and Cena. You know what I mean? And I'm not shitting on Goldberg. I, I, I'm i not even going to fucking go there right now. But when you're bringing back a guy like Goldberg to come up and do matches, and then you sit there and go, no one's starting in their 30s. Holy fuck, Tommaso Ciampa must be, must be back there fucking shaking in his boots right now. Oh, yeah, Ali. I, I hate to say it, but I would not at all be surprised if his name is on one of these lists in the coming months. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. But that, I mean, that's the thing, though, too, is like two, two points real quick is like they, they say that they want box office stars. That's your job. It is your job to make those. Yes. And what have you done in, to make any of those? You're purposely like handcuffing people and limiting what people can achieve so, because you don't want them going to other companies or you don't want them being a star on their own. But then you complain that there's not any big box office stars or that you need more. It's like, well, that that's on you to make a and B, the idea of like if every if everybody is a young guy, if everybody's in their early twenties, mid twenties, then nobody stands out. Like everybody's right. the young guy in that regard. If you don't have these younger guys going in there with some of the more experienced guys, like that's sort of the thing that kind of stands out about like MJF and the AEW is that he's in there with guys like Chris Jericho, like John Moxley, you know, these people. And he's proven that he can hang with all these people. And not only are they making him a better wrestler just by having, you know, lending their experience to him, but he's also proved, you know, that he's this young guy that can hang with these established veterans. You need a veteran presence outside of fucking Goldberg and John Mm. Cena, but you need a veteran presence. You need people from top to bottom that can work. You need a roster full of people with talent more than you need somebody that fits a certain criteria of this height, this age, this eye color, whatever the fuck, you know? Yeah, I mean, let's face it. If I want to see inexperienced people in their, you know, mid to late 20s, I'll go to a fucking indie show. That's what I'm going to see there. But, I mean, listen, if they're out there thinking, oh, we we need to find the next rock, the next stone cold, the next... You're not going to find that. Stop. You're not going to find it. What do you want? Your next Cena? You did that with Roman Reigns. Look what happened. You had to turn him heel. You had to turn him heel. You know, it's just their logic behind stuff. And again, this is all if Meltzer is right about these statements. Their logic behind stuff is very flawed, very stupid. And I mean, what are they going to show on TV? It's going to end up being the same you know, 10, 15 people on television because everyone else is too fucking young and green. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, I get that for three hours on Monday, which luckily I haven't watched in a while, and two hours on Friday already. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, if they're out there looking for the next so-and-so or the next this, the next that, you, you're not going to ever find it. You need to find guys that are 
hey, he reminds me of, he's got, you know, shades of, but you're never going to find the next rock. Look what happened to the rock. He was a box office hit. He is a box office hit, but not for you. Cena, box office hit sometime. Nah, not as big as The Rock, obviously, but I mean, you got to put him a, 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 as second when it comes to the, the Rock, Cena, Batista. I would put third. So, I mean, even in the sense of The Rock, he was almost sort of a happy accident. Right. Because the way that they intended on using him and getting him over, the fans completely rejected. There was literally fucking die, Rocky, die chance they hated him so much. Like, it's over the top, but they it still happened. It was still a thing. And the only reason he got over was because they just put him in a position where he was like, you know, like actively, if you're going to hate me, I'm going to hate you. And then the people are like, oh, you hate us? Well, we love you now. Like, this is the same thing that happened with Roman Reigns, but just to a little bit of a lesser extent with Roman. But... You know, that the way that they had planned on making him a star didn't work. No, no, it didn't. And it's, I, they should see through that a little bit and be like, wow, we're just, you know, we're kind of just not making stars anymore. But like you said before, whose fault is that smart? It's their fault. And that's the biggest thing is we, not that we were treading on, you know, breaking new ground here, but. The biggest problem continues to be seemingly just a lack of creative direction and, you know, who's the head of that and who's not going to take any blame or acknowledge any faults in that department, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And, I mean, you know, you, you again, like you said, it's their job to create stars. And if you're not doing that, don't blame the fans. Don't blame them. We tell you all the time what we want. We tell you on podcasts. We tell you on Internet, we tell you on Facebook, Twitter, and you literally do the opposite. WWE always does the opposite of what the fans want. Daniel Bryan getting over huge. Well, let's just throw him in the Wyatt family for a little bit, and then he'll turn face again. Yeah, it kind of worked, but why bother? Why fuck with your fans? You know, it's just they literally go against what people want because, you know, almost seems like just in spite of us just because they hate us right well i mean like even a more recent example like look at the end of the year list for last year like the one that we did and the one i've, I've seen a lot of other ones is end of the year things that we liked about wwe or wrestling in general like almost everybody almost universally as close to universally as one can go a positive a bright spot on almost everybody's list was the hurt business mm -hmm. and everybody loved them and they were getting over people were enjoying what they were doing and they just immediately said well we can't have that shit let's get rid of these you know let's break them up and it's like why then they weren't they had far from ran their course yeah well, let's break up the new day because they're such great merchandise sellers what <laughs> what are you what are you doing uh, let's break up heavy machinery because uh because um because uh, why did they do that against Mark? Can you tell me why? What? 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 Did Did they ever have a reason for that? Oh, it was so they they could not have a match or feud, and they could just go ahead and fire Tucker a couple months later. Oh, okay. Well, that makes total sense. <laughs> not really. I baffling what they again they go completely against what the audience wants. And again, we mentioned you know earlier in the night that you know AEW listens 
to the fans online. They listen to Twitter. They listen to Facebook. They see what's going on, and they they react to it. They, you know what? They interact with it. Right. That that's really what they do. They interact with it. And you know, I shit on the young bucks and this and that, but it's kind of it's still very creative what they do. You know, WWE puts out this thing. And, and and you know the young bucks immediately change their bio to shit on whatever whatever WWE is doing. It's annoying, it is, but still, it's good shit. Right? Yeah. I mean, they, yeah. They're not for everybody, but they do have their own niche. They have their own market, their own fan base, and you know they cater to that. And it's not like oh, people like them, so let's break them up. You know what I mean? It's I don't I don't get it sometimes with them and based on the fact that Raw did the lowest rating that it's done since they've gone back to live crowds it seems like there's you know it's becoming a reaction like you you're getting what you're putting out well that's cuz I didn't watch nah, nah you, <laughs> at this point I wouldn't be surprised it if was one me. or two people not watching makes a difference yeah, there's was, only a uh, handful of us left anyway yeah it's my fault it was my fault they got such a bad rating I apologize for that I'm sorry I'm sorry. Everybody. It would have would have been one point eight if you would have watched. Could have been, could have been. So, but uh, yeah, I really think what they're about to do. I mean, they have gutted NXT completely. I think everybody has figured that out by now. Um, so it's just not going to be the same show. It's just not. But I really do think all we're going to see for the next few months is them pushing the same people, just like they do on Raw, just like they do on SmackDown, and every other fucking show that they've ever fucking had. It's going to be the same people getting the same attention. Just gonna, not going to fucking change at this point. Um, so, let's see. What else on NXT? Oh, I guess they, uh, they, did, they did a segment last night with a William Regal out there, and there was a face-off with Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly, part <laughs> part nine million and three. Is that right? Am I close to that yet? I wish you would have seen this because this was fucking terrible. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was, it was, it was, it was bad. Like NXT as a whole was kind of in the middle. Like it had good moments, it had bad moments, it had peaks and valleys, but. It seemed like, and I guess they were live because I mean that's what the graphics said. I, I yeah, just got done reading that they were doing a taping, so I mean I don't know, maybe they did one live episode and then some taped episodes later or before mm-hmm. or whatever. But it seemed like Kyle O'Reilly just completely forgot the script. Like I was expecting <laughs> him to just be like, oh fuck it, and then just jump on his scooter and and pay you know right away. But just there's a bunch of times where it seemed like he had forgot what he was going to say or just like his voice would be shaking or cracking while he was delivering his lines. And he just came off like super unconvincing that he was going to be any sort of formidable threat. And then it seemed like Adam Cole was like trying to pick up the slack, Mm -hmm. trying to like dial things up a little bit in the intensity department, because normally he's a pretty good promo guy, but he tried to like compensate and then it seemed like he was he it seemed like he was overacting while Kyle O'Reilly was underacting hmm. so you just had this like almost high school play level <laughs> fucking acting job being done it was it was not a good segment by any means wow i'll have to check that out we'll talk, maybe we'll uh, jump back into it friday after i watch it see how bad it was um wow yeah but um 
in the, in the segment, Smark, I guess there were a bunch of uh, security guards in the ring. And uh, one of them was one that we've talked about, Parker Boudreaux. We've talked about him a few times. The guy that he was the big Brock looking dude with the tattoos all over his arms. Um, as well as a few more. There was uh, Sean Tan, Fishing Wang, Bronson Reisner, we talked about last week also, who was choked out by Joe last week. Uh, Matrick Belton, Cal Bloom, Brutus Creed, formerly known as Drew Casper, and Julius Creed, as uh, formerly known as Jacob Casper. Are they brothers? Hmm. I, I honestly am not familiar with them, so I couldn't say. I don't know either. I have no clue. But uh, a lot of star, soon to be stars are on this show. I guess this is how they're going to start bringing people out one more time. But um, yeah, had all those guys in there. But again, the the main one that people kept bringing up was uh, Parker Boudreaux. The fact that he's at least doing something right now. Um, a lot of talk about him being a, a future star and no one's even seen a match out of the guy yet, Smart. Right. And I mean, like we talked about on Friday, just because you have the size and look that they want doesn't even make you immune to not being cut. Like we talked about, there are multiple seven foot or seven foot plus even guys who got released on Friday. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, just because they want to make you a big star doesn't mean that you won't get fired if you're not like living up to that potential in some form or fashion. I will say real quick here too, though, like it definitely looked like, and maybe that was just that it was in my head based on all everything that's been happening, but it, it looked like it was definitely sort of the, a changing of the guard kind of a show where it's like they're they're already starting to shape what the new NXT is going to look like. There was a couple of people that they hadn't given opportunities to yet that were getting TV time. It, it makes the fact that they have TakeOver coming up soon, it's going to be interesting because it seems like that's almost sort of a last hurrah type show for what NXT was. So it's, cause it's, it's very interesting that sort of, energy that's going to be surrounding it and the way that people are going to be talking about it and watching it. I didn't think about that, but you're, you're right. It is going to be kind of a, a transition show, if you will. So mm. yeah, you're right about that, man. Most definitely. So, all right. Um, but yeah, just a bunch of, you know, earlier signings in the ring and all these guys look pretty goddamn jacked. Not, not a, not a fat guy in the bunch. Right. And I, I mean, that's that, that, that's going to be interesting, too, because I hadn't even I had meant to talk about it, but I just completely forgotten the people that tune into NXT are usually the people that are more into like the independent type guys, the people that are sort of the antithesis of what they're looking for right now. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they basically kind of went out and said that this is going to be more of a developmental show, like people are going to start theoretically tuning out. And, like, I would wonder, and I'm sure maybe old Andrew Zarian has something to say about this, one of his unnamed sources. I wonder how USA would feel, where it's like, we're paying you money to put this show on, and you're basically telling people that this show isn't shit anymore. Well, it's like, what are you doing? There was another article last week after the releases over the weekend that USA is not happy about any of these. Like, you guys just took a lot of fucking talent that were, you know, doing well. Um, right. And, you know, one of those talents was Bronson Reed, Smart. Mm -hmm. That was released, I believe, uh, in my opinion, probably the most shocking, being as how they were 
you know, pushing him at the moment. Um, and uh, I got a little video of him. He put out a little video, uh, kind of a thank you video mainly. But uh, let's go ahead and play this real quick. It's only just just under two minutes. Here we go. Oh, little volume. Uh, unmuting it would help, I would assume, right? You think? You think I should do that? Un unmute it? Now let's do that. All right, unmute. Now let's try this. So I have had some time to reflect now and uh, some time to just process what has happened. And I was very shocked, very upset. As you know, this doesn't just affect me, it affects my wife as well. And we are here in a foreign country, but my wife is a super positive person and uh, she's kept me positive as well. And I just wanted to reach out to all you guys. And I'm just very thankful, you know, uh, the love and support that I've received online is just incredible. I was trending on Twitter and uh, that means a lot to me. It means a lot to me that you know, a lot of you feel for me and will still continue to follow me no matter what. Uh, I did want to, you know, thank NXT. I want to thank Hunter and Sean for believing in me. Uh, I want to thank all the coaches, Terry Taylor, Scotty Tuhati, Norman Smiley, Steve Carino, those guys that I learned a lot from. And I wanted to thank, you know, all the boys backstage as well. It was a great locker room to be a part of. But, you know, I am staying positive and I do believe I am bar none the best super heavyweight in the world. And I'll continue to prove that. So, as they say, one door closes and another one opens. Well, for me, many doors are open. And now it's just about which one I want to walk through. So... Thank you very much for all the support and love, and please. All right, so there you go. Um, let me start off saying this. Class act, first of all. Really good of this guy. He seems like a really, really intelligent, really classy guy. You know, the fact that he went out there, thanked everyone, didn't sit there and go, oh, they let me go for this, that, I blame this, I blame that. Didn't go out there, didn't bitch, just came on here, thanked everyone, and said, this has opened opportunities. I've got out, you know, I've, I'm, I'm, my, my phone is ringing already. I just got to decide where I'm going to go. I could see this guy being a great asset to an AEW, even an Impact. I could see him actually doing something for Impact. Not a lot, but something. So, I don't know, man. I, I uh, and, and I'll tell you the truth, after watching this video... I want to see him do well somewhere. Really want to see him do well somewhere. Right. I agree with that. And, like, also, I hadn't even considered it. And, I mean, I guess why would I? But just the idea of, like, obviously it's not just him that is affected by this. Like you said, his wife is there, too. And they're both, you know, this is not their native country. So it's, it's suddenly things become a lot harder for them now. And, like, I feel like that's, I feel bad for him on that front. It seems kind of shitty where it's like, man, maybe you should, like, give them at least a little bit of a heads up that they might need to start figuring out accommodations and you know, their life plans. So it's like, no. it's, it's kind of shitty that that happened in the way that it happened. But 
you know, I give him a lot of credit for you know just staying positive and not really shitting on anyone. He put out a little bit of a during NXT he put out a gift from The Simpsons mm-hmm. of like it was like a parody of uh, when Elvis allegedly shot his television because his show was so bad. And it was just like a clip of just like, oh, this show ain't no good. And like an Elvis impression and them shooting the television. And then there was a bunch of there was this like a couple of people that were like, oh, I thought you said you were happy for everyone. And oh, you're being bitter now because you got released. And then I, I had a good laugh because somebody wrote underneath that comment, just WWE isn't going to fuck you. And it just made me laugh. I was like, because some of these people, some of these people on Twitter are just fucking absolute zealots for whatever company of choice that they wish to defend. Well, they want that retweet. Mm-hmm. They will that. Yeah, no, please. Uh, I don't know. I think the guy's a class act, and like I said, after after hearing this video and just how how genuinely nice this guy sounds and seems and looks, um, I want to see him go somewhere and do do incredibly well and just fucking stick it right in the face of WWE. You never should have fucking let me go. Yeah, and it, it's just, it's so weird because, like, I feel like part of the reason they fired the guy was because he had an accent. Like, Vince notoriously hates accents. But, I mean, it's just so, it's so silly because you heard him and, like, there's obviously no problem understanding what it is that he was trying to say. He's an articulate person. It's not like, you know, he's speaking a language that is unfamiliar to him. It's just, it's so yeah. very odd. Yeah, I mean, he's got an Australian accent. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Vince expected him to have a Samoan accent. I'm not quite sure what a Samoan accent even fucking sounds like, to be honest with you. But I don't know what he was expecting or or who anyone was expecting with this guy. But, you know, they had this guy. He was doing great. He's a big, agile guy who can go out there and still move for a big guy. And then, you know, he's he's in this huge storyline where, where we're hearing rumors that Oh, he's been on main event. They're 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 trying him out, and then boom, gone. Mm-hmm. Snap of the finger, like Tyler Breeze said, you could walk in any day. I mean, I, I like I said, I get where he's going with it. I just that mindset would really fucking just eat at me after a while. So I don't know. I I guess it's true, but like I said, I hope uh, this guy. I hope uh, Bronson Reed, whatever name he decides to take when he goes somewhere else, I just want him to go somewhere and really shove it in their fucking face that that they never should have let him go. Listen, Drew McIntyre did 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 that basically. Mm-hmm. He really did. He went out there, he kicked ass, and he shoved it in their face. And look where he is now. Yeah, exactly. And you know, as we've been we've been talking about, it might take a little bit of time, but like we talked about with you know the Matt Cardona is like, you can get over on your own. You just have to kind of be smart and be innovative and figure out the right way to, you know, market yourself and you know, it'll happen for you. Yeah. Yeah. Just might. Um, I hate to do this and I swear I'm not going to come back and then stop the show, but I really got to pee. I understand. Oh my God. Sweating so bad, drinking water all day. And now I'm drinking beer. One more beer too. So, um, quick, quick break. I mean, really, I'm peeing, coming right back. And then we will get into one more little NXT thing. Then we will hit AEW from tonight. And then we'll wrap this bad boy up. But uh, I do have one little thing from Enzo. 
that I want to get into. Again, talking about NXT since we haven't really moved on from there. So give me just a second here. We are going to play this. I am going to pee, and we will be right back. Go get a snack. Go get a snack. There you go. Right. Thanks, everybody, for that. That had to be done. My God, I think I could have filled a fucking kiddie pool. Whew. Like, at least half full. Bad. Bad. Anyway, thank you. Let me go pee. Now, I did say we are going to come back and play a little video from Enzo on NXT. Enzo's basically saying that um, the first alternative to WWE was NXT. Let's see what he's got to say about that. Let me get some volume here for you guys and unmute. Let's try that first and let's do this. Here we go. My mentor, he passes away and Cody, you know, says fuck it. And he leaves the WWE and joins the likes of a uh, Kenny Omega, a uh, Young Bucks. They do all it. I saw that coming from a mile away. I think guys like Finn Balor would tell you they saw it coming. Like, we, we weren't in the locker room so so jaded that we said, oh, WWE's the only show in town. Nobody else could rise up through these ranks or do this or blah, blah, blah. I always felt like it would just take, in this new day and age, in the social media era, uh, you know, like, it takes a garnering of a certain audience. And NXT, people don't realize the alternative to WWE before it was, you know, these other promotions was nxt before it was aew the 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 audience that made me and Cass was the most hungry alternative audience that you've ever seen in this business the revolution started back then it didn't start with what cody's doing right now i saw this happening because we created something by poaching samoa joe okay finn balor el generico kevin owens right kevin steen at the time uh, neville Right. You're going out and you're grabbing all the likes of the greatest talent that's out there and putting it in this alternative brand under this home of WWE. And you're having a women's revolution at the same time because you got Charlotte, Sasha, Bailey, Becky, all under that house at one time and tag team wrestling with Dawson and Dash and me and Cass. It was just a unique feel. It was an alternative route to the WWE. So when I saw this from angle building from a million miles away it was the smartest thing cody could have ever done because he had done everything he probably wanted to do in the wwe really um all right smart so what do you think about that i think he's not wrong like it's i can certainly say for myself there was definitely times when you know it's the usual sort of burnt out feeling that comes with sort of the watching wwe at times where it just feels like everything's kind of tedious and monotonous and it seemed like that was sort of the escape from that was that they were bringing in these people that had built a reputation on the independent scene like he was saying that people wanted to see and that people believed at least when they were under sort of the protection that that brand affords they were going to be treated right they were going to be used properly they were going to be given an opportunity to showcase what got them over in the first place have good matches be able to do good promos that kind of thing so yeah i mean yeah it was it was an alternative in a sense when there wasn't a lot of alternatives to speak of at the time there's like which underground and things like that but 
you know, he's not wrong. It was sort of a, a definitely different alternative to what you were normally getting on Raw or SmackDown. Yeah, most definitely. Um, I tell you, when I when I when I saw the kind of the headline of the video, I was like, oh, "This is gonna be bullshit." And as he goes, he brings up you know, the fact that they were poaching talent, which might not be the best word to use, but they were. And he mentioned some great talent there, you know, Samoa Joe, Finn Balor, a lot of people that they were poaching at the time. Like I said, when I first saw that, I was like, I'm not so sure about this. But the more he started talking, I'm like, damn. Fucking, first of all, it's weird to hear Enzo not do Enzo. Yeah. You know, he's sitting Decidedly there. less of an accent. Way less of an accent. He's in his car. He's got glasses on. It just looks like a fucking crazy-haired Don Callis at some points. But... uh that was the one of the weirdest things. Enzo not doing the Enzo character, just talking. But again, it, it just as he's going, I'm like, man, he's got some fucking extremely valid points here on his argument. So you're right. I I ended up agreeing with him by the end of it. Kind of wonder, like not not an AEW, or not to say not a WWE, but like for an Impact. I wonder if it'd be worth it to kick the tires. Because it seems like he's had some time to kind of cool out. Like, sort of the big knock against him before was that he was kind of immature and kind of a dick backstage and just, you know, didn't behave the best of all ways. So I just, I wonder if he's had enough time to sort of cool out and maybe realize that he was getting in his own way and stop doing that. I Like, if you're Impact, what do you got to lose? Yeah, and he might have. He might have done that. You're so, I'm not sure if you're really close to the mic or what, but you just... Got a little bit of overmodulation going on there. I was moving around a bit. That's my bad. Oh, there you go. You're good now. But yeah, man, it's uh, you're, yeah. But again, back to the poaching talent thing. He's definitely right about that. And you know, in in this little comment section, someone called uh, NXT at that time a super indie. That's about what they were. And the crowd. Wow, I mean, what, what did he call them? One of the most hung, hungry, hungry crowds. I, I always felt like they were kind of sheep, but you know what? When you think about it, you go back to the crowds for ECW and this and that. They were sheep too, but what they were were rabid fucking fans of ECW. Right. And most of the people that were showing up to NXT were there every fuck week oh yeah like you know it's easy to and I, i'm not trying to take the high ground here I've, I've made fun of them just as much if not more than other people but it, it's easy to sort of make fun of them but if you're a company that's definitely what you want they they were devoted fans like almost you know to the point of like maybe being overly so to the point where it becomes really easy to make fun of them for just like you said being sheep but they were definitely they were loyal they were passionate you know mm-hmm. absolutely most definitely so you know i i still think they were a little sheepish they just kind of did the chance when they were expected to chant and knew when to do it but still they were they were real fans for the product and you're right that a, a, a lot of you know and a lot of it had to do with the fans why they brought up a lot of people that at that, that time. 
Now it seems like they just do it because they want to do it because there hasn't been fans. Uh-huh. So there's a difference. Yeah, that's definitely a dangerous thing. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, I can't even understand you. It's not like you're underwater. Now you're now I can't even hear you at all, barely. Suddenly you're very low. What did you do, man? I did nothing. Did something. Cause like suddenly I can barely even hear you like you're like you got your hand over your microphone or something. I don't know. I don't know either. See what you see what you can make sure your cords all plugged in and all that good stuff. So um you know, real quick, we can uh, move on from that and talk about this right before we get into AEW, Smart. One thing, th- there were two things that happened on Raw. Number one was the uh, RK Bro kind of teased a little breakup, but it's okay because after Randy Orton, RK, owed Riddle, John Cena had him hug it out in the ring after the, after the Raw was off the air, so don't worry about that. But the other thing I wanted to bring up is Elias had a little little video. You know, it showed a fire. It showed him kind of playing one last little chord on his guitar. And then he basically puts the guitar in the fire. Into the fire. Uh, there you go. And declares Elias dead. Dead. Smart. Dead. Because if ever there was an appropriate time to take away this character, is a time when they were just now getting people back to channel along with it. I know, man. I don't know what... Again, it's like they do think that the weirdest times, they they change characters right when they're getting over. They They never strike when the iron is hot. But for this character, what are they going to do now? What... Do, What is he going to do? You're taking, once again, just like you just, like you just stripped Karrion Cross of everything that really mattered to him. Now you're stripping Elias of everything that everyone liked about him. Mm -hmm. What, 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 what are you doing? I am curious, though, to see what Elias has planned or what they have planned for Elias. Let's put it that way. Yeah, well, what, what ideas he can get through, you mm. know, because it seems like he is the kind of person that is constantly thinking of different ideas and trying to pitch different things. But it's just a matter of how receptive they're going to be to those ideas is, is the question. Yeah, exactly. So I guess the only time will tell, uh, but uh, I just thought that was a little weird. I'm really wondering what they're going to do with him. And again, what got him over was the fact that he, number one, really could play the guitar. But I guess they're thinking we don't need two guitar players we now have rick boogs right so i got a feeling that's what that that's exactly why they're let, making him give up this gimmick because uh boogs is much more of a charismatic guy than your elias well i yes and no i mean i i, I get what you're getting at but at the same time like he did a really good, he being Elias, did a really good job of, as a heel, like, oof, there were some times where he drew some massive heat. Mm-hmm. And he just, had, like we were talking about, he hadn't had the opportunity to do that because there was just no live crowds. And, like, when some of your act is based on 
writing songs on like how the local sports team sucks. You, you really can't do that when you're in the same location every week in front of people that are on their webcam. Like it just doesn't work. And then when they started getting crowds back, he was, I guess, a face because he was like cutting these promos on how he just didn't feel safe around Jackson Riker anymore. And they were like starting to tease building a program between them. And I guess just nothing ever came of that because why would there be continuity? But you know, that is what it is. Well, that and every time Jackson Riker's on television, he, you know, receives backlash for it. True. Because he was accused of, um, was he accused of sexually abusing Spark? Oh, no one. No one. No one. <laughs> Who, uh, break, no, 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 wasn't accused of that. Um, oh, he put out a tweet praising Trump. That's what it was. That's what it was. I gotta say, I, I don't blame Moxley for not using Twitter. Like it seems like it seems like when you get to the level of being AEW or WWE, it seems like that can only hurt you. Like, what else do you have to promote? You've already made it. I understand yeah. that they like, and especially WWE, are like almost insistent that you have a Twitter. But you could also take the Brody Lee route of just tweeting basically nonsense. Could. I mean, you you could also just tweet nonsense and then do what Kurt Angle does is say, I got hacked. Mm-hmm. Which is, which back then was code for pilled up and drunk. Yes. <laughs> Good old Percocet. Good old Perk Angle. Oh, mm-hmm. shit. All right. Let's, uh, Let's jump into AEW, and then we can wrap this up. Not looking to spend a whole shitload of time on AEW, but I got to tell you, once again, these guys put on a great fucking show. They really did put on a hell of a fucking show tonight, and I, I think, and I think they did a great job at constantly throughout the night promoting the you know five labors of Jericho. This last match he had with Wardlow. Do you think the fact they promoted it so much made it very? Not that none of us, not that any of us expected Jericho not to get to uh, MJF, but they did a real good at just uh, job at just promoting the match. It had that as my, my, my Michael Cole would love this. It had that big fight feel mm-hmm. the whole night, so I did like that. Uh, the first match. I believe we got a new breakout star out of Smart. I don't know if you agree with me or not. His name is Dante Martin. Mm-hmm. That dude worked his ass off in that match. Look, I'm a fan of both Seidel's. They're both really good. They can do some really crazy moves. Matt Seidel will, you know, Evan Bourne at the time will always be known for that fucking RKO. That was just amazing to see. That was the first time we saw something like that. Um, but I really feel that Dante Martin was just out there doing every flippy dippy do, not begging, but really getting the audience behind him. And I think you know, as a third guy, I think they really let him go out there and put his uh, put his name on this match, if you will. 
Right. And I mean, he was already starting to kind of get over because he was part of a top flight. And right. there was a lot of people that were very high on them. But then just unfortunately, his partner got injured. So it kind of put a pin in their momentum for a while there. But, you know, it's nice to see that they got him out there now and they're giving him an opportunity to showcase his stuff, I guess, in the meantime. So that's nice. Yeah. I mean, really that I mean, you know, it, again, man, you go back to a lot of things on, you know, you scroll through social media and everybody was praising this guy and i completely fucking agreed with him completely agreed with him he he was amazing out there tonight didn't they didn't get the win the elite got the win but yeah it's always with a little bit of help so what are you going right. to do what are you going to do they 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 win like heels not much you can do about that um and then after man they really my God, you know, we we're talking about this earlier, pub. You know, o- overplaying your hand. They really overplayed their hand with Christian. I feel so bad for him. I, really I do. do too. Like I say it with a laugh in my voice, but like after just always being like second fiddle on WWE, just like you know, Mister Blue Dot and that kind of shit. It, it, like AEW signs him and. It seems like they like almost overcompensated. They tried to overfix that problem by just like hyping him up too much. So it's just like it, it seems shitty that like one the, the company that you just left that doesn't promote you at all, you join another company and they oversell you. And it's just like, ah, this poor guy, because I'm totally there with you. They announced that it's going to be the main event for All Out in Chicago in September is going to be Kenny Omega versus Christian. And to me, it just seemed like kind of one of those moments where you know that you're going to have like a big dinner. So you start the day by having like a light breakfast or a light lunch where it's like, you know, you know that big shit's coming. So you just kind of take it easy for the time being. Mm -hmm. Because I just I hear this announcement. It's just like that was really underwhelming. (laughs) Like everybody was sort of clamoring for the, you know, uh Hangman Page, Kenny Omega match, and that didn't happen. And obviously, it's going to happen at a later point. It just seems like it's sort of destined to, but it seems like just as that being sort of your replacement is like, mm, then that that's it. I'm like, all right, whatever. Whatever. There you go. Whatever. But um, yeah, it's uh, not, and Christian's not even second fiddle anymore, he's third. You know, he's got Luchasaurus and, you know, Jungle Jack or whatever you want to call the guy, Jack Perry, uh, Jungle Boy out there. And now he's third fiddle. He's got two other guys now that he's kind of in the shadow of. He really didn't make a, a, a again, they overpromised and underdelivered with him. And that's not what you're supposed to do. Right. And I mean, I like. I feel like as a whole, AEW does a good job of building their talent, and not only just the you know the younger people that haven't necessarily been seen by the larger audience before, the sort of Darby Allens and Orange Cassidy and the like, but even the people you know, the Chris Jericho, the John Moxley, they they know what to do with established talent as well. They know how to showcase their stars, but it just seems like this one was just. A situation where they made a mistake, like every company is going to kind of mess up every now and again with 
just how they use certain people, I think, or, you know, in the public perception that they, they might have took a misstep on how they use certain people. But I just, I feel like, again, I feel bad for him because he's been constantly misused wherever he's at. And mm-hmm. I feel bad for him that this was a teachable moment for AEW, but he doesn't get to, you know, he has to suffer because of it. Yeah, he's the student caught in the middle. You know, it's like the parents arguing with the teacher and this poor kid is caught in the middle. It's kind of where he is right now. But we are going to see him for the Impact title against Kenny Omega first. Very strange what they're doing here. And I will almost bet I could see them, I could damn near see them putting it on Christian just to try to get a little bit of that, that, you know, this is what we promised he was going to be. He needs to go in there and outwork everyone, including a Kenny Omega. And let's face it, man, he does not need that impact belt. But again, putting it on another AEW star, you might as well just fucking, uh, good, good God, give that belt a page. Yeah, I mean, I, with, I, <laughs> I definitely don't see him winning the AEW belt. But I, I wouldn't, I, I couldn't, I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if he won the Impact title, like you're saying. And I, to that point, also though, it's, there is a little bit of history. Like Christian was with TNA, so in mm-hmm. a sense, he's sort of a TNA talent, or was formerly a TNA talent. Like obviously, people are going to see him as a WWE guy just for now and to eternity. But he does have a history with them, so it is kind of easier to sell the fact that he would want their title. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I hope someone out there at least got my page joke with that. Smart just flew right past it. Didn't even, yeah. Didn't even think about I, it. I did, honestly. It did went right over my head. I won't even try to lie. Just remember what the old NXT title looked like when it was in her hands. Oh, jeez. Oh, boy. Mm. Well, you're not going to have a problem keeping the belt stuck to you. You have to steam clean that motherfucker. Uh, can you steam clean a belt? I don't know. We'll have to figure that out. <laughs> Fucking non-stick coating on the belt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we, it's been talked about ad nauseum. I'm not contributing anything new, but just the idea of like how many people have like kissed that belt and like even licked that belt, and it was like, oh, oh, you know how many people saw that picture and was like, no, dude, they got rid of that belt so fast. <laughs> like, look, it's okay. Look, uh, uh, we got a new one. No one touched that belt. Paige, that belt is yours. Uh, and, and I mean, literally, we checked the DNA. You are the you, you are the mother of the belts. Uh, so, <laughs> you are not that belt's legal guard. <laughs> so, you are the mother of the belt, and you can keep that motherfucker. Okay. Gonna go ahead and just write that down to save us time later. Mother of the belts. <laughs> We go. All right, we're good. <laughs> oh shit! Oh well, look, I mean, just nothing I would want to touch again. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I tissue so much better. So yeah, you throw that shit down the fucking toilet. Whatever you have to do. Uh, anyway, anyway, mm-hmm. I did think it was pretty funny of. When Christian, when they were using, kind of in Don Callis's face, and uh, he called him a carny piece of shit, and they went, "Well, uh, we're, you know, we're we're 
Pittsburgh with Car- Carney Jagoff. There you go. Yeah. Man, good stuff by Christian there. They let that shit word fly a few times tonight. I mean, you know, it's funny that you say that because I had actually, from what I was led to believe, like they're allowed like one a show. And MJF had already said shit when he was talking about the Chris Jericho that it was providing such good shit on television or whatever. Mm. Something along those lines. He said that shit's entertaining, something like that. But he had already used it. So I was like, hmm, like I wonder. Like they're they're double dipping into the uh the old shit jar. Yeah. Yeah, I they really like that word. It's just it's a, it's a good one. You know, NYPD Blue we used to do that too. They used to say bullshit in their show and it was like a huge deal back then. So, and hey, depends on what if you do it at the right time, it's not a big deal, man. It's not. I've actually been deal. watching Penn and Teller bullshit against Sanu. Ah. And I thought I hadn't even thought about it, but I watched the first episode. I've been trying to watch them all. And he kind of Penn went out there and just basically said that like we were calling the show bullshit because it's easy because you can legally call people bullshitters. But you start calling them frauds and, you know, scam artists and cons and shit like that. That's when the attorneys start getting involved. So that's why our show is called Bullshit. I was like, yeah, well, there you go. Well, there's libel, slander, and bullshit. Mm -hmm. And bullshit in that term, you're right. It's hard to be. If someone calls you a bullshitter, it's not really defamation of character. So that's very smart of them. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, I, I love Penn and Teller. Great great magicians and I, I just I, brilliant at a lot of the stuff they do um, I don't want to really go whole match for match on this show but um, we had Daniel Garcia versus Darby Allen. the one move that totally fucking had me like holy shit was uh, at one point Darby got thrown into the corner and went for the coffin drop and Garcia just grabs him and puts him in a fucking choke. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like in, in midair, just catches yeah. him and transitions into a choke. Yeah, that was one of the best moves of the fucking match. And that one, I mean, I was not going to say I was fully paying attention because I was, you know, I, again, I got kids going back to school tomorrow and me and the wife have been trying to get them all ready to go back to school, which is an absolute nightmare to get kids to school nowadays. Right. 16 fucking glue sticks my kid needs. One child for one class. 16 glue sticks. What? (laughs) Like, I understand, because glue sticks are always the thing that I needed on my school checkoff list, but usually it was like, they they come in like maybe a pack of three or a pack of four or whatever, and that was always sufficient when I was in school. Yeah, my wife jumped on Amazon, got a 30-pack of it really cheap, and I'm like... Keep checking, because these uh, are these teachers just fucking selling this shit in bulk at this point? It's like, got a Costco situation going on? Uh, you never know. See if you can fucking put a tracker in that motherfucker. I don't know. Did uh, you have a tax-free weekend there? Yeah, it was the uh, it was the 8th. It was uh, okay, Saturday. Yeah. Saturday. I think it's the same here. But yeah, we have one every year, too, for like that kind of thing. School supplies and techno- like electronics and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, I believe it was the... Yeah, exactly. I believe it was the 8th here, just last Saturday. We sort of celebrated, celebrated my birthday here. Basically, I cleaned all day, and then my wife's sister came over, and I cooked. 
Happy birthday to me. <laughs> and felt awful because I was so drunk the night before. But anyway, um, Darby did end up pulling that, that, that match off. And that was a pretty good shit right there. Uh, again, I, I, Darby's always going to be that kind of underdog winner that pulls out the win no matter what's going on. But it was pretty cool. Pretty goddamn cool. Uh, that, that that one move right there. Uh, let's see here. Uh, what else did I... It was something else I wanted to get into. And I can't think of what it is, Mark. Hmm. I mean, there were, again, there were a lot of good matches. This show just had some really good matches, which they always pretty much have. Oh, this is what I wanted to get into. Um, after the Good Brothers... Basically, you know, winning over the uh, Dark Order, Dark Order guys. We got this, and of course, after the Camille Layla Hirsch thing, we got this little uh, quick question. I don't want to completely derail you here, mm-hmm. but we you did mention that there was a Camille promo. Was this the first time? Because we had, we had been reviewing NWA Power on the show for a little while there. Was this the first time that you heard her speak too? Because this was the first time I heard her speak. Because they had a whole mm. angle on NWA Power based on her not talking. But she talked to win that title. She cut promos and shit. I just hadn't seen it. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. My God, she is absolutely gorgeous, dude. You put her and Mandy in a fucking room and I'd be like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I have uh, no idea where she's from, but I didn't expect her to have a southern accent. I'll say that much. <laughs> like, I, for some reason, I just expected her to be British, I guess, because her name's Camille. And I don't know why, but I just thought she was going to be British. Yeah, but her last name is Farmer. Ah. <laughs> I see. Uh, oh, my God. Just an absolutely gorgeous girl, though. Beautiful. Beautiful girl. And very talented in the ring, too. So good for her. So, But, uh... After all that, we had QT Marshall. (laughs) What are they trying to do with this guy? Is he the everyman that's just a douchey everyman? What are they trying to do with this guy? It makes no sense. He is so unintimidating on their microphone. I, I, you look at the guy and you're like, this guy just looks like the douchebag that gets his ass kicked in every bar that he goes to. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's about it. I was going to say, like, kind of looks like the guy that, like, plays basketball at the rec center and calls fouls, something like that. Just whatever your idea of just, like, a douche looks like, whatever role that fits that description or whatever. But, yeah, he's very unimposing looking. And then, like, I feel like him and I also feel like the blade like there's an expression that this guy Boomani Jones used to use a lot. He was a bald guy. He he would tell other people that were balding that they needed to come on home. And it's just after a while, it's like you you guys just got to You got to fucking shave like nobody is afraid of these guys that are just like kind of chubby balding individuals it's like not the blade because the blade is fucking ripped but like qt marshall just oh my god like nothing about him is intimidating or remarkable in any form or fashion but the blade at least has some sort of you know some type of menacing look to him a little bit like you said he's ripped as fuck and looks like he could literally you know probably fucking 
if, if he gets his hands on you, you're not getting out of his fucking grip. Right. Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he could, like, lift me with one hand. But, you yeah. know, QT Marshall, on the other hand, is just like, yeah, he might be in good physical condition, shape, whatever, but he just... He has, like, no discernible look. There's just nothing going on with him at all. I, I did get a little bit of a kick out of, like... So he, he brings in, for those who haven't seen it or those that don't remember, I don't know, he brings in Tony Schiavone's son. Mm-hmm. And he makes Tony Schiavone apologize for the, the mean things that Tony Schiavone's been saying about him. He he hit, he punches his son in the gut first, but then he's like, you know, I demand an apology. And Tony Schiavone says, I apologize for everything, you son of a bitch. Which just made me laugh because I was like, well, that seems like that kind of counteracts what you just said before. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, QT Marshall. Look, I bear with me here for a second. Let me see if I can make this uh, make any sense. I forgot who said it, but someone said that Stephanie McMahon reminded them of just a girl you would see late night at any bar. Mm-hmm. QT Marshall is the guy that's trying to pick up that said girl at any bar. <laughs> that, the kind night. of guy that you cuff your drink when he starts talking to you. I, pr- pr- that's just what he looks like, dude. He looks like just every guy at every bar sitting there drinking his beer, looking sad, trying to hit on the girls who are so drunk they can't fucking see. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know why. I don't know why. Maybe I've seen. Maybe he just reminds me of someone I've seen at a bar doing the same thing. I've been to many bars in my life, many nights, many, many. Many bars, many, many, many nights. I don't know. I just, I think the guy is unintimidating, uninteresting, absolutely. Give me more uns. I'll agree with him. Right. Real quick, though, I will say to, to stay on the topic of the segment, which, by the by, I thought the Dynamite tonight was a pretty good show, but just, just of things to sort of make fun of or criticize. I had not until this point heard the big show's AEW theme song. Mm. And I have to give him a lot of credit for mm-hmm. like somehow finding a worse theme song than his WWE theme song. Like, I don't know whose idea it was to hire a Creed knockoff, like a Creed tribute band to do his theme song, but it sounds like absolute shit. It was just making me laugh the entire time. Dude, it, it sounded like an impersonation of the, of the other guy. That saying that did the words the big show. It sounded like the like an impersonation. It was not good at all. <laughs> it was sucked. not good. And once again, big shows out there putting putting shit over like it's the fucking Messiah coming back, and we're all you know you know we're all getting saved by by this match and this and that. And oh my God, big show, tone it down, See- brother. And there were some rumors while I was trying to like get everything, all the news rounded up. There were some rumors that um, he's he's got a pretty good name on the indies at the moment, but uh, that Lee Moriarty might be coming to AEW. And I had heard a theme song that I was not familiar with, and I was like, "Huh? Like maybe that's it. Maybe that's him. He's make, making this debut." And then I saw that I started hearing that it was this like fucking shitty like rock song, and I was just like, "Ah, oh, God, it's the big show." I'm like, "Ah, oh, uh, son of a bitch!" Like that's disappointing. Uh, but still, I had a I had a fun time laughing at how, like, they managed to find a worse version of a theme song for him to use. I always wondered if that was like a thing that they gave him, or if that was something that he actually wanted to use. And I guess we got our answer. Uh, their 
entrance music needs some help. It's all very generic. It's all very, and I know it's going to take time. And as guys get, you know, new music over time, I think it'll be much better. And you know what? The more Tony keeps bringing out these, you know, popular songs for these people, the better. Mm-hmm. The better, man. It really, I mean, l- l- listen to what they do. And I mean, you know, it's it's kind of fun we're bringing up entrances because Chris Jericho can't even use his his entrance next week, which I don't think will matter one bit to the crowd. I think they'll still sing to him either way. Oh, yeah. That's definitely why they set that up. Uh-huh. To that point, it's a little bit of a diversion because it's a momentary jump to NXT, but a a trend that I sincerely enjoyed back in the day during WCW, it seems like they're going to start kind of, it seems like it's starting to make a little bit of a resurgence now, is the sound-alike versions of songs where they're Mm. too cheap to buy licensed music, so they just hire somebody to rip off a song. Because, uh, like, you know, there's any number of those in WCW, like DDP's theme, Raven's theme, whatever. Um, Gigi Dolan, formerly Priscilla, Priscilla Kelly, made her, like, NXT debut Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And she used a, and I know it's a cover song, but she used a, not a, like, a ripoff version of Sweet Dreams by Marilyn Manson. Like, I know it's a cover of the Eurythmics, but, it, like, it was the actual, like, sounded like the Marilyn Manson version. The weird, mm. like, the kind of the dark sounding version of it. There is a non-copyright YouTube version of that song. I wonder if that's what they snaked. They might have, but I mean, it sounded exactly like that. The do, 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 like that. Yeah. Version. Like, yeah. And like, I, I like that song. So I was like, oh shit, they're like, they're using the, <laughs> they're using the ripoff versions of songs like WCW now. Like, I, I like it. Jesus Christ, this fucking company. <laughs> they have all the uh, money in the world, by the way, to buy some of these songs. They but. do. They do. But, and you know what, though? Tony's smart doing this because I'm sure he's buying them for very long, lengthy uses. Um, maybe even in perpetuity. Who knows? But the more songs he gets, for again, once the music hits, you know <clears throat> who they are. And really, right now, it's still hard to tell. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sitting there here. I'm, they're all... Jim Ross was took him like... 30 seconds to figure out it was a Christian coming out. Right. You know, oh, who's that? Goddamn. I don't know. Who the who the hell? It's, oh, it's Christian. I will say, though, I give them credit, not only for using the licensed music, but also for, like, starting to get away from that trend where, we're, like, we've talked about before, how there was a point in time in AEW where, like, 80% of the themes had just, like, 20 seconds worth of talking before they started mm. and just everybody had their own little vocal monologue before their song began. And it was like, yeah, that's, that's not the way that you want to go. No, no. Now that it's using shitty generic stuff. My God, Jim Johnson's free. Cody, give him man a fucking call. I'm genuinely surprised that like he hasn't surfaced anywhere else. I am too, but give it some time. You never know what, we know the talents non-competes are 90 days, but we don't know what the other, the office staff, it could be two years, could be three years. Yeah, who knows? I, listen, when I quit my job, I've got a, I had a two-year non-compete. Right. I mean, we were just talking about Friday that Renee Young had like a year. Right. 
Right. Exactly. So you just don't know. But um, I guess obviously we'll get into the kind of last thing, uh, which is the main event, Jericho versus Wardlow. We, I mean, we, we, we breezed past it earlier, just kind of mentioning it for the, for the, uh, for the hell of it. But no one expected Jericho to lose this match. Right. No one. No one did. But I got to tell you, man, these guys going through, once again, Jericho going through absolute hell to get here. I mean, he, he didn't blade this time, which was a good thing. But I like the way they've done this. I don't think they've overdone anything. And I, you know, the more I thought about it, you know, because <clears throat> we were saying that Gage should have been last. And I agreed. Gage should have been last. But when you really think about it, putting Gage in the middle there kind of makes it like, okay, if I do this to him now, there's no possible way he can get past the other two. If he gets fucked up so bad, he might get lucky with the one, but there's no possible way that he could get through two guys, especially not my big man Wardlow. Right. Yeah, they did a good job of like kind of telling that story on commentary, too, in a way of just saying that he's been through so much just to even get to this point that he's kind of worn down. And, you know, it was sort of kind of the reason they gave for why Wardlow basically dominated him throughout the majority of the match. Right. You're right. And I mean, it might have been a little bit of, you know, CYA, a little covering their covering their ass when they were reading social media and said, yeah, we probably should have had Nick Gage be the last guy. But you also don't want Jericho to go into that match looking like he just fucking died the night before. You know, especially if he's, you know, if he's going over, which he's not. Right. Jericho's, I'm sure he's got a tour or something coming up. But, um, I, like I said, the, the more I thought about that whole situation where, you know, Gage should have been last, maybe not. Possibly not. I co- totally see if you think Gage should have been the last one. But now, as they've finished it, the storyline, I think it makes more sense. Like I said, the fact that Nick Gage beat him so bad, there was no possible way. He may get lucky against Hoovy. Hoovy's old, but there's no way he's going to be able to beat this young, up-and-coming blue chipper in Wardlow. Right. And he did. Which, again, I don't think anyone here expected Jericho to lose that match. But I really thought, you know, like I said, we've had two weeks to kind of simmer on that Nick Gage thing. And as the storyline is wrapping up slowly, I think it makes a lot of sense on why they did it there, if you think about it that way. And uh, I don't know. This is definitely going to be a hell of a match between these guys. And right. uh, the, the, for the fifth labor, Jericho, again, can't use the Judas effect and cannot come down to music, like we said before. Basically, it's um, I was almost waiting for, for MJF to say, I don't want to fight or wrestle Chris Jericho. I want to wrestle Chris Irvine. Mm-hmm. I was really waiting for that line to come out. Mm-hmm. Which is Jericho's real name. Yeah. I would say real quick here to the point, he's actually, I was looking it up here, 
starting in September, there is going to be a Fozzie tour. So they're going to be out there mm. September, October. There's a break in November, but then in December, they're going to be like all over Europe, basically. All kinds of, I'm seeing like England, Scotland, Ireland. So I guess that's something to keep in mind. I don't know. Mm. Outside of obviously the European tour, that's a whole different entity. But I don't know how closely these venues are to like where AW is going to be running. But I don't think that they're going to be running in Johnson City, Tennessee, at any point. So mm. that's one of the places Fozzie is going to be. So yeah, there should yeah. be a, there should be a question mark beside all of those with uh, with what's going on right now. Well, uh, sure, yeah, but tentatively speaking, he's scheduled to right. be touring. Yeah, yeah, because I. Uh, I think we got three or four weeks left. I, th- I think there's going to be some fucking lockdowns here. But um, anyway, I'm not even going there on this. But uh, after the match, which, again, I really liked the match. I thought it told a great story. And, uh, you know, once again, we get the underdog and Jericho winning, which uh, was great. But after the match, of course, Sean Spears comes out and does everything he can to look rough and tough but doesn't work Sammy Guevara ends up coming out making the save right there which the crowd went fucking wild when they saw Sammy Sammy had no music they didn't play his theme music as he came out right thank god didn't even let him put on his Serpentinigo mask (laughs) yeah but I, and you know, I see a lot of people online. Once again, the old Facebook bitching. Oh, he's got the vest on like Stone Cold, and he's coming out. They're not trying to make him Stone Cold. Well, everybody had that vest because it was like the inner circle thing exactly. when they had the uh, stadium stampede match. They all had the like we talked about, the, kind of the Warriors themed outfits. Exactly. Warriors. God, again, warms my heart when you do that, Smart. It really does. I really, really just felt it right there. Ah, there you go. They also announced uh, that I guess Sammy Guevara is going to be having a big announcement for, I believe, next week's AEW Dynamite. It's hard to it's kind of hard for me to keep track because they're doing a good job of without being annoying about it, promoting as much shit as humanly possible. Cause they've got just a lot of like balls in the air at the moment. I said balls, huh? But you know, they have, they're promoting rampage. They're trying to promote rampage a lot because, you know, they're just starting with it. And then they got, you know, dynamite that they need to promote. And then of course they have all out. So they, they've got a bunch of, they've been announcing matches for all kinds of different shows. So it's hard to keep track of what's happening when, but they did announce that Sammy Guevara is going to be in action and has a big announcement. So that's interesting. Well, absolutely. We will see what that all, that all comes out to. Um, but they also, on the heels oh. of that, they announced that, uh, it's going to be Andrade versus pack at all out. They just put that out. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's uh, dude, I'm going to tell you next week's rampage is looking or this week's Friday rampage is looking fucking great we will have that playing as we're uh as we're going through the show on friday and um i don't know man they're they're really just booking some good shit the it's becoming not surprising that the the matches are great on this show and they're just 
You know, it, it's funny. I, I was flipping through once again Facebook tonight, and there was a quote by Eric Bischoff. Um, I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't have it up here, but it's I, I believe the quote was, I'm not going to say AEW is doing everything flawless, but they're coming very close to flawless. And again, paraphrased, I don't know the exact quote, but it was sort of in that vein. Uh, I got to agree with him. AEW is doing every move at the right time. They've, they've got the video game coming out. They got trading cards coming out. They're, they are making stars. They are making Hangman Page that star that we've all wanted to see. You can tell by the fucking pops he gets. Speaking of pops tonight, Britt Baker, of course, got a huge baby face pop in her hometown. But, you know, they're doing a lot of things right. And they've done a few things wrong. I'm not saying, again, that's why Bischoff wouldn't even say they're, doing, they're flawless. They've done a few things wrong. We just talked about it, you know, putting over Christian like he's goddamn Ric Flair coming in in his, in his prime. Mm-hmm. But, you know, doing the, they really are growing at a really good speed, but what the moves they're making to grow are very smart. Mm-hmm. So they're... They're really being very, very smart about their whole business. And like I said, man, I can't really disagree with anything with, with that little statement, a little quote from Bischoff there. I mean, just as a sort of comparison, they've announced stuff that's going to happen, you know, on Friday, that's going to happen next week on Dynamite, even next Friday on Rampage. Again, by comparison, Monday afternoon, there were zero matches announced for Raw. Uh-huh. Where the, the only thing they announced was that Lashley was going to talk, Charlotte was going to talk, and that Orton was going to be there. So it's just like I, I don't I don't understand. Like it, it doesn't seem like it's that hard of a thing to do. Just announce a match or two. Like you you don't even just one. Like I understand that you want to be able to you don't want to commit to anything and be able to change things on the fly, but just at least one match you can stick to that you can promote that you can get people interested in. It's yeah. just, it's, it's weird that just AEW announces like almost everything that you're going to see on next week. And if you're interested, tune in, if you're not, you know, whatever we get it, what, you know, what have you, but it's just weird that just one company is, it's the philosophies are just so different. Yeah. You know, there's an old sales saying, you know, you, you throw enough shit against the wall. Something's going to stick. So if you promote matches early, you get you're you're not going to get everyone excited for every fucking match. Obviously, it's the same thing where you're going to offend everybody. Blah blah blah. You're not going to get everyone excited for every match, but you throw all this shit against the wall with all these matches. It's going to stick to a lot of different, you know, genres and. A lot of the matches are going to stick because they know what's happening. You already know. So you've already got the shit against the wall. Now it's up to the people to decide which shit they want to watch. Not that the AEW matches are shit. I'm just using it as a whatever you want to call it. Right. Yeah. Just to that point, like they, you know, on tonight they announced that next week they're going to, uh, 2.0 is going to be wrestling. So like I already know next week. 
as somebody who likes 2.0, oh, next week Dynamite 2.0 is going to be there. Cool. There you go. Yeah. So I already have a reason to tune in if I, you know, I, I will anyway. But you know, if I was just a casual fan, I already know that, hey, this is going to be on and I, I want to check it out. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think, you know, speaking of, you know, casual fan and this and that, I think you guys realize we didn't talk very much about Raw. There's a reason for that. You're going to get way less Raw. I, I got to tell you, after looking at what's going on during Raw, I don't even. I, I don't even want to watch it. I, I just didn't even watch a lot of it this week. What I mean, I mean literally, what are we going to do? Sit here and bitch about a fucking doll winking at Dewdrop for thirty minutes? Right. Yeah. I mean, and like, I, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about it. I, I kind of have an idea, but my philosophy has always been, ever since I started doing this, is just I wanted to. Like, certain things are going to be bad. And certain things you're just going to complain about, or you're going to, you know, whatever. But I didn't, I, I never wanted to be somebody that just showed up and complained fucking every week, twice a week, just over and over again, just every, just a wall of negativity. Like anytime I see people or hear people review Raw nowadays, and I mean, I'm talking about like Observer, mm. it's just nothing but it's a two hour bitch session. It's just, you know, this sucked and this sucked and I hated this and this was stupid. Like after a while, that that's not interesting to hear. Like if it's not fun to watch, it's not interesting to hear. Like there's there's very little that's potentially funny about it that you can like laugh at or, you know, make good content with. Yeah, absolutely, man. It, it, it really is. And I, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of bitching about it. Uh, again, there are some things that are bad and we, we'll mention from here, from there, but raw lately again. I, I'm I'm looking at what's going on during it, and I'm I I get home Tuesday, and I'm exhausted. Number one, but that's got nothing to do with nothing. If I want to turn it on, I can. I'd rather turn on fucking NYPD Blue or something that I've watched a thousand times than turn it on. It just doesn't look interesting. I'm sitting there looking at a fucking picture of a doll winking at Dewdrop and her losing a match to Alexa Bliss. 90-pound Alexa Bliss because a doll winked at Piper Nivens? Right. And by the by, I saw an interesting little just tidbit of information. They have a Lily t-shirt. They don't currently have any Nikki Ash merchandise. She's the women's champion, by the by. You sure about that? Well, technically. Okay. All right. Well. I don't know, but uh, again, Raw until it, you know, I, I, I remember Stephanie saying how it was going to get so much better once fans are back. Uh, I told y'all that was going to be a fucking disappointment of a statement. So it's it's weird because it seems like it's gotten worse. Uh, like Raw has kind of just been treading water perpetually, but like SmackDown was good for a good amount of time. It seemed like like it started like September of last year. It had been consistently solid. Like at worst, it was just kind of eh. But then for the most part, it was good to really good sometimes. But then now, like ever since they came back, it seems like SmackDown's kind of been monotonous as well. It's just, I think everything's just back under Vince's thumb and there's nothing we can do. But I don't want to sit here and complain and bitch and piss and moan about anything anymore. I'll... Raw will be if something huge happens I'll definitely see it it'll be all over Facebook but right now what I'm seeing I don't want to fucking even watch it just doesn't look interesting it just doesn't catch my attention um, so 
Sorry. I mean, if it's not fun for us to watch, is it going to be fun for you to listen no. to us talk about? Like, no. no, it's not. So we're going to definitely get away from doing a lot more of that stuff right there, bitching, complaining about what's going on, just kind of focus on what was good. And um, there you go. I got nothing else, man. And it's getting fucking late. Yeah, I got to be up in uh, about five hours here. It's after one for you. So I got to be up. I peed before the show, and now I have to pee again. So we've we've come full cycle. So I guess now is as good of a time as any. Yeah, I broke the seal, and I definitely need to go myself once again already. So I will get that done right after we get this all this good stuff here knocked out. And uh, I will go ahead and get these plugs loaded up, which means we are going to start off by mentioning the high marks i want you guys to check them out they are over there on mixler.com slash metal network that's right there's two t's in mitt don't forget to add the second t when you type in mixler.com slash metal network you're gonna do that 8 30 p.m sunday nights that's eastern time so go ahead and get that done now subscribe to them also check them out on youtube and of course we've got the uh, un, uh, the Inhumans on the Inhuman Experience that's Bobby Anthem and Bobby Blades you can get them on all the usual podcast platforms and of course you can just go anywhere and subscribe you want to be doing it because they are coming back very soon so you also want to check out the Everything Unscripted Wrestling Podcast it's Eric, it's Doug, it's Daniel always a great show always a great time so definitely check them out on all the usual podcast platforms also and blog talk radio and of course Stephen Milan out there he's sharing the show and it's greatly appreciated definitely want to check him out reviewing films at letterboxd boxd.com slash Stephen Milan there's two L's in Milan and of course like I've always said you guys know where to find us Anchor, YouTube, Spreaker iHeart, TuneIn, Player FM anywhere you are downloading your podcast from that's it mondays 8 30 p.m on the metal mitt podcast network on the mixler machine cheese on sports with the cheese man sunday is 10 30 a.m on the metal mitt podcast network on the mixler machine it's the motor city machine guns with mojo and with dirk but last never ever 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 least be sure to check out our friends at Planet Raconteur. It's the Planet Raconteur podcast with Bobby Anthem, Papa Dave Sincere, Yuck Nasty. Season one is complete. Season two is rolling out as we speak. So be sure to subscribe so that you can get all of the joy that comes with being subscribed to Planet Raconteur. Become a Raconteur today. There you're right. They're fucking, they're rolling out season two like some fucking dough. So get over there and check that shit out. Um, Friday night, guys, we'll definitely be back here. Got a few uh, few changes. Me and Smart are going to talk to you guys about on Friday night. Hopefully you guys will be uh, happy about it. I'm actually, I am, to be honest with you. So uh, we'll talk to you guys about that Friday night. A little bit of, another little teaser for you right there. And oh yeah little david bowie gotta love me some bowie but uh there you go so on that note friday night right back here we will be once again we'll have rampage playing uh, i'm not gonna do the audio but we'll uh maybe we will here and there during some promos we'll get it worked out but on that note friday 
Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Thank you, everyone who downloads. See you. Adios. Time to take your drunken ass home.